Yes, hello, I am James Rhodes, and today it's the WNR 329. It's going to be Raw Rumble 2021, and I have the pleasure to be joined by at Jaxie Scarlett. How are you doing? Hey, doing all good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Even better that you're back on the show. Uh, Excited course, to time, be here. <laughs> so I don't mean to talk over you. It's great to have company, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's nice to speak to someone. And the last time we had a show together was for the WWE Awards, which we had a huge reaction to, and plenty of emails and people on Twitter as well. Just start to say thank you for everyone to get involved, and of course, thank you for uh, taking part. Uh, but since then, I have watched uh, a lot of wrestling, and when I say a lot of wrestling, I mean I decided for some reason to try and watch everything every week. And what I mean is. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Impact, NXT UK. Okay. Um, no AEW there? AEW as well, I've forgotten, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just wondering if that's in the mix. <laughs> hey, ultimate one, I love doing a show with you about AEW, of course. Don't forget, that's the top of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've chucked in some New Japan stuff in there as well because I thought I haven't got enough. So I'll start trying to watch some of that. Um, so, so basically, we're going to go back to where we left off, because, of course, we focus on on WWE stuff with Raw and SmackDown. We had a lot of high hopes into the new year. So we're just going to have a look now and see if we can actually remember anything that took place with Raw and SmackDown uh, before the Royal Rumble itself. OK, so we'll start with January 4th for the WWE title. Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. Yes, that was this year. I can't believe it. Of course, the legends were on hand for the night. Uh, they watched from the stage as Keith Lee and Drew yeah. McIntyre went at it. I mean, um, we, we, this was a hell of a match. What a match was. Um, the Spanish fly by Keith Lee on Drew McIntyre was um, so dangerous. And, and I know JR said it for years of a man his size, but... With Keith Lee, a man his size shouldn't be doing stuff like that, should he? No, I mean, I think every time Keith Lee gets into the ring, he always amazes the audience um, and probably, uh, you know, the rest of the WWE staff. He's just amazing at what he does. And that match truly highlighted, you know, the type of person he could be as a, as a contender for for the championship one day so I think there's definite um, excitement towards uh, you know him becoming a bigger star it, it, it is a shame um, we didn't get to see much of him uh, towards the end of January but you know hopefully he'll be back up and running and um, we can see a lot more of him but this is what I was saying I mean not to go off piece quickly but where is Keith Lee because he hasn't been on, on Raw as we're going to see. Uh, yeah. I looked at looked at his Twitter and he's I mean he's not the most active person, but there was like a, a the week period he didn't do it. I've not heard of any kind of so, in you know sorry. I I think it's um it was predominantly uh, I think it was Vince putting him back down into uh the sort of training again because for some reason he's he was thought of as to be considered uh reckless in the ring however i could not see that and i couldn't tell you why um but then i did hear that mia yim shortly got um covid um so i know that obviously they're dating um so i think that it was out of their interest not to include him in in the royal rumble which is really sad um but i'm also hoping that they 
that both of them, if if he's managed to catch it, or if not, both of them recover safely. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, COVID at the moment and everything that's going on. Uh, but the thing is, is that I thought we were going to have to do like a, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Watson trying to investigate what happened because it is kind of strange that he had such a great. I mean, we still talk about the match. I mean, uh, he counted the Claymore try for Spirit Bomb. McIntyre escaped, delivered a Claymore for the successful defence. But like I said, what a match! These guys had great chemistry, and I, I looking at these two, and I was going, these guys will clash many a time. Either it will be for championships or when they're feuding. These, these two can be like the bedrock in the future of this company, you know. Definitely. I agree with that. And then Goldberg made his way to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, this this was when I just I just went I just got up and had to just walk somewhere because I, I was I, I was expecting this. So I can't say I was even surprised. But at the same time, I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and especially because I, I think the whole excuse that Goldberg gives in order to set off this this on this feud that then takes place at the Royal Rumble I think it was pathetic but the, uh, you know he came out saying that Drew was disrespectful of the legends and out of all of the wrestlers backstage Drew has probably been nothing but supportive and respected by the legends so it just kind of especially because you, you got to think I, I think it was you know a few, a few months prior to this um wasn't it that the legends that ended up helping drew out uh against randy orton at one point so it's kind of like when goldberg just came in to spill his stuff he could have just come i think he could have just come out with a better storyline rather than oh well now you're next well now, why the thing yeah. is i mean i don't want to start i completely agree but i don't want to start like a conspiracy or anything like this as well but um, the thing is, is that McIntyre didn't have time. He was going to do like a, a promo after the match, quickly saying about the legends, which again goes against the, the McIntyre character. But you're thinking Goldberg had that. So he's been told by the people backstage, you know, them that, um, you know, this is what you're going to say. They knew they ran out of time. So they kind of sent him there knowing he was going to fail. And, and the conspiracy is if it wasn't Goldberg or it seems like kind of a certain talent, they wouldn't have done that to Triple H. You know, they wouldn't have done that yeah, to yeah. a Randy Orton. They wouldn't make him. They made Goldberg look unintentionally, or maybe intentionally, a little bit like an idiot. Yeah, it it really did because of you know exactly what I said. Him coming out with his, I w- I think it would have been a lot more satisfactory for him to have come out and said, "So you're the new champion, and you took out Brock just exactly like I did. Now I want to uh, like see how I can do against you, and see if I still got it." That would have been such a bit a, a better impact. On, on us the audience as well as you know if they did run out of time that gives you know them a, an easy ending just to have Drew sort of nodding his head looking like face to face with Goldberg and saying I respect you that much that I will I will uh, choose to fight you and accept you for that do you know what I mean like they could I have think... gone about it so completely different and instead <laughs> they just failed I'm starting to think you and I should book WWE because then you can have Goldberg we saying should. he said plus I never, won, I've never won the WWE Championship. It's the only title that I've never got, and that means everything to me. So this match, I'm going to give everything that I have left. This might be the last match of my career, but I'm going to do everything in my power to walk away with that championship and to beat you. And again, yeah. it's it's simple, simple stuff. But I think with Raw, there's a lot of kind of things. I mean, to to try and watch three hours, it is a bit like, and it's not been horrible, torture a little bit. Because there's so yeah. many things, 
Um, for me, the constant outbreaks obviously is always going to be one of them. Uh, the repeat of everything that they do every half hour, which I know for people who are yeah. tuning in, when's the last time you tuned into Raw? You know, like, yeah, who's, who's flicking the channels now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also at the same time, is is a little bit like, well, that's on you because you should you know when it starts. So for them to be doing, you know, every fifteen minutes, look what just happened like fifteen minutes ago. It's like, okay. Well, you're just taking away probably about 40 minutes worth of match time. So, And this is what I was saying. Why don't you, you've got the talent, fill it with match time. Fill it with something that's actually interesting rather than doing what they're doing and kind of wasting time. But anyway, on to SmackDown, January 7th. We had new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yes, remember them. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, <laughs> Bobby Roode, uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Great talents. Both no tag team wrestling, and they had matching outfits, which does count. Let's build a tag team division. Okay, maybe not. No, maybe not. Uh, the 312-day reign was over. What are you thinking of the Street Profits, first and foremost, as slash Raw tag team champions? I mean, I think it was a shame to see that they... Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to say this uh, just truthfully. It was a shame to see them lose it to the team of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And I don't mean that in any form of disrespect towards that team. However, we have consistently just gotten the same teams facing off against each other for so long that I feel like it, it's done neither team justice just simply because, you know, uh, they they challenged for it previously and previously and previously. And it's like, you know, nothing new. So the fact that then they won them, it, it the impact wasn't there, you know. Um, and I just think... It, Again, this is just in general, WWE really need to sort out their tag team division because they have more than two tag teams on each roster. So why we're getting the same repeated matches week in and week out it, uh, is beyond me. But it, what is what is actually doing in effect is causing people to not actually care who the champions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's an excellent point as well because uh, that is a problem that WWE's got. And, and another thing as well, kind of with like the, the tag team championship, it doesn't matter if you have like the young bucks or the kind of greatest tag team anybody feeling you know, a rival. If you haven't mm-hmm. got a, a rival for them, you know, you think about how great the new yeah. day are and the success. If they didn't have the Usos there to kind of fall back on and have the feuds, you can throw in that you know Harper and Rowan in as well. Uh, and mm. that kind of thing. You go back to Attitude Era, you go back to the Golden Era with the tag teams. You know, there's always mm. kind of rivals or there's a deep set. Like you couldn't have like the Hardy Boys without the Dudleys or Edge and Christian. Like those, those three sort of made it. And, and there were so many other teams in between that they were kind of like, even though they were forever, there's always something that you're forever feuding with. You've got other teams like in between so that you're not just getting the same repeated cycled matches. And and this is is the is the issue right now and the problem with WWE is that they don't care enough about their tag team division and it's doing a lot of harm to the teams really. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know, you look at the Royal Rumble as well, and you see, you know. It, I mean, there what, wasn't there what, wasn't one title match, one SmackDown uh, or Raw tag team title match on yeah, there. And the, and the women's match ended up in the kickoff, and I'll get onto that in, yeah. a, in a little bit, obviously. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, 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 easy. easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna ahead um, of ourselves we're going now. Back. Yeah. Well, SmackDown, we, we had a gauntlet for the number contendership match. I love Sami Zayn's character. He was eliminated by uh, Mysterio. Ray Nakamura was surprisingly a little bit sloppy, but Nakamura managed to tap him out with an armbar. Corbin then um, attacked. 
Nakamura. I'll say Corbin and Nakamura came up from NXT around the same time. I know this might be a silly question. Who has actually achieved more? Who's in a better position on the roster? Do you know what? It's a really tough one to say because I I would go with Nakamura because uh, in 2018 he was given the opportunity to win the Royal Rumble um, and headline WrestleMania with AJ Styles. However, they dropped the ball, like we I've continuously said in other uh, podcasts, they dropped the ball with both him and Oscar in the same year. And since then, I just feel like Nakamura's not had his chance to the, that momentum. He started getting it back, I must admit, with Sami Zayn. Um, I did love their little pair up together. Um, however, again, I feel like uh, they've not forgotten about Nakamura but they're too comfortable with having him as a mid-card player when in reality if they just put their faith in him he could definitely be more of a high-end player but I couldn't actually tell you who's got who's had more success because then you can argue about Baron Corbin and even though we might hate um, his character or, or what they did with his character you know he had a long stint as the GN he had a, a lot of screen time um, you know, alongside the likes of Shane McMahon and stuff. So you could also argue that side, but I don't think that that did anything for him either. So it's, it's a shame on both of them again, because I couldn't, I think they're both on the same level when, when you're asking that question of who's had more exposure. I think they both are on that same level. Well, I'm going to get onto that because I, I know you're saying they're all rumble as well, but I, I think also. Okay, what, I'm intrigued. This, this is not bashing WWE as such, but the fact is, is that even back in my day, you know, as they say, when teams split up or, or when they stopped, um, you know, it, it, I'll take a point. Eric Rowan was Daniel Bryan's manager or not manager, he's heavy right, when he was the champion. And I've completely forgotten about that. And I thought, how did that end up? I can't really remember because I was looking at Omos and AJ and I'm thinking, mm. how many times? Nakamura Zane group how did that end up how did that finish did they feud after that did did it blow up big time was there a story behind it it's like it seems like every tag team that's together every kind of group just kind of like breaks up at WWE like we're not going to tell a story of that because you know what's the point yeah. it, you know what I, mean? I find in that a lot with, with a lot of that, stuff I think that with WWE as well they they have this really bad habit of putting people together and then breaking them up within like the space of three months, you know? So it's like they, they've got, they had like really good solidified teams like the Iconics, et cetera. But then you, and, and, and even Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, but then you go ahead and split them up and then put them, uh, and then pair Mandy with Dana. Like what, where, where does that make any sense? You know? Um, and I think it is to do with, like you said, probably more so with Vince um, <laughs> and his decision making and, and then not fo- following through with it. Like a perfect example was uh, Peyton Royce, who everyone was saying backstage that Vince was like really egging to push on. Hence why they were breaking up as as the Iconics. Yet nothing came of fr- fruition from it. She was just then paired with Lacey. Because yeah. the thing is, is it's not kind of bashing WWE, but it's, if I'm going to invest my time, if I'm going to invest three hours into Raw and two hours into SmackDown, whatever, then you better make me not feel like an idiot. And again, there's something yeah. else in the Rumble that happens that has happened on the, the build up. And you're thinking, 
but I've invested time and now you're saying it doesn't really matter. But anyway, we'll, yeah. like I said, we'll go back to SmackDown quickly because, of course, we're during the gauntlet match. Um, Brian comes out to face Nakamura. Nakamura doing his old style. Come on! Which is just brilliant anyway. Um, it was a great um, kind of mini match. It was a great um, exchange between them, definitely. And it's like... I want to see Nakamura and Brian just to go, you know, 20, 25 minutes and just, just go crazy. And Nakamura yeah. caught him with a, with a Kinshasa for a shocking elimination. Um, Pierce then came out reluctantly with Reigns, uh, Uso and Heyman encountered him. Uso attacked um, Nakamura. Reigns then knocked out Pierce and draped over Nakamura to win. Um, and Adam Pierce is the number contender. But Nakamura was his old self. And again, we've talked about why haven't WWE used him like this um of course brian will fight another day adam pierce at this point of course is number contender he is a five-time nwa champion and there's a documentary called seven levels of hate about him and colt cabana for the 10 pounds of gold which is a really really interesting uh, kind of story behind it but i think it's just good storytelling i think at the moment smackdown he just tells better stories than raw at this moment in time you know it is uh, it definitely is i don't i can't tell whether uh, whether or not it's uh, because of the the wrestlers that are sort of that have been involved with most of Raw and SmackDown, or I can't tell if it is the writing itself. Um, but for but yeah, I mean SmackDown not only looks more appealing to those like you know for two uh, only wanting to watch two hours, um, but also you know with with Raw being three hours, as you said, it sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're getting three hours worth of matches, so it's, it's not even feeling like it's worth it. No, without a doubt. But we move on to the January 11th Raw, and uh, Drew McIntyre has COVID, and Triple H starts the show. We get a recap video of last week's show, and Triple H made his way to the ring. He spoke for about five seconds before being interrupted by Randy Orton, and the Viper thought he deserved the WWE title handed to him due to McIntyre being out of action, but Triple H told him to win the Rumble's Man match. The Viper said he's a prime and challenged Triple H to a ma- uh, match. The game turned him down at first, but then punched him in the because of an agreement so drew is out and WWE need to put one of the other huge stars put in in a position and wait they don't build any so they put the boss's son <laughs> yeah sure it's just, i you mean know. this could have just blown open a, a huge opportunity for sort of any of the mid carders like you know just to have like a little bit of a push and, and a bit of a match with Randy Orton to showcase what they could do, but they went with Triple H because, you know, because like that is really that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think much happened. I don't even remember much happening on that apart from just kind of really bad editing at the end towards um, the match well, <laughs> uh, between the, Randy Orton and Triple H. But I will say seriously, everybody has missed Triple H starting Raw with a 15-minute promo. There's no doubt about it. Um, the question I have for you as well is: We see why has Flair become face of the Raw Women's Division? And I don't mean Charlotte, I mean Rick. Why has Rick Flair become the face of the Women's well, Division in, at this moment in time? This I is mean, what I, are we are we discussing sort of everything to do with Lacey? Because of, I couldn't tell you. Um, why? But all I can tell you is that this is Ric Flair living out a fantasy of his, like consistently, always living out a fantasy. I want another younger woman running after me because they know who I am. Why they've involved Lacey Evans, don't ask me. But I, I think it just does her character 
a real injustice and and just really takes away from everything that she had with her feud with Bailey over her being like a straight up mother and all this, you know, and then and now you're going off and flirting with an old man. Like it's really not a good look for Lacey. I oh. just I I just think it's wrong. Look, <laughs> I'm just done I with think it. it's I think it's always good to see a high OAP appear in the show that the champion just contracted COVID with no symptoms on. You know, I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <yeah. laughs> um, like I say, um, we had an enjoyable tag match on this, apparently. Uh, it was, oh no, it was, that was it. Keith Lee and Sheamus. This is another thing Raw kind of got on my nerves about. You had Keith Lee and Sheamus. You had a great match between the two there. Uh, no, you had a tag team match, sorry, against Miz and Morrison. And then they come back from a break and then they start fighting with each other, uh, which, again, was like, what what sense does that make? They think it was fu- not even any kind of sign of tension or in the end they were upset about it. But again, it's WWE being WWE. It was an enjoyable tag match. Yeah. Um, but when you come back from break and even but even the commentary didn't know why they were fighting. And that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, well, it is there, and then when they're just kind of trying to fill that that void of discussion <laughs> around it, it just makes the audience question it more. Uh, of course, Drew McIntyre's um, with COVID, and it took ten months, but W finally delivered a meaningful message about mask use and social distancing during the pandemic via McIntyre, which is, I think, fair to play. Then uh, was talking about Goldberg as well. Matt Riddle is a moron. I've written here. Um, <laughs> Main event, Triple H's first match on Raw since March 14th, 2016 versus Ziggler. Mm. Triple H found his sledgehammer under the ring and set his sights on his former protege. Uh, and just as he's put his foot on the steps, the lights begin to drop. Orton and Triple H both look confused. And then I guess the, the lights went out. And then the game realised his hammer was on fire. <gasps> and then the light went out and Triple H was gone. <gasps> A distorted version of the Firefly Funhouse theme song played as Alexa Bliss appeared in the ring. She shot a fireball into Orton's face as the show went off the air. I believe I'm reading it out loud. Yep, I mean it was it was trending everywhere. So WWE got what they wanted there. They got people talking about it for sure. But I mean, you know, three weeks later, Randy Orton's got not one single third degree burn on his face. So. How much we're supposed to actually believe of this, I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, usually WrestleMania season brings excitement, but uh, the card, this card of Raw, included 10 matches, like Randy Orton's time-wasting fight, seven of which failed to last more than four minutes. Off top of that, six, six of them were directly related, with three matches leading straight into another bout. Jeff Hardy, Jackson Riker led to Hardy Elias, Sheamus and Keith Lee's tag victory gave way to a singles match, and Riddy and Bobby Lashley seek into Riddle and MVP. Who can watch three hours of this? I just don't know. I mean, it, it's it's pretty... I, I can't say that I do that, that myself, um, because simply I cannot stay up till four in the morning. It is impossible to... Uh, expect me to stay up to four in the morning and actually feel like I, you know it was worth it um so for me I personally catch up on it the day after um but whoever are able to I'm sure that they they, they they're clearly enjoying the, the product or the content um it's just a little bit questionable I use BT Sport to uh the, what and uh, obviously sometimes because of work can't stay up and watch them so you watch them on demand and uh, bt if you're listening 
why are you cutting out the last minute of every fucking show? Like, it comes towards the end, and, like, it will be maxed out, like, hit, hit the Claymore, and then the show will end, and it will go to, like, the episode of NXT, and I'm going, you, you've had it on for three hours, and you can't have an extra minute. Yeah, or sometimes, to... or sometimes it it's kind of the other way around. Then you're like, okay, shouldn't we cut hair because it's like they're just staring at each other like way too long, and there's it's just a really long wait on us watching two people stare down at each other like it's a cowboy movie is about to be a sterile, you know, and you're kind of like, okay, cut, cut. I think that's what BT are doing. Like, right, we're going to stop it here. We, we've had enough of the show. Uh, we move on to SmackDown, January fifteenth. And it was evident from the very beginning of SmackDown that something was very different. And it was a camera in the entrances. Um, I can say that they were using the new 8K cameras that NFL on Fox has been using. Sounds great. Uh, but you can immediately notice for effect and clarity. Um, I was impressed by it. What do you think of the... I mean, some of them have got... I mean, Roman Reigns in slow motion or just the way he walks is brilliant. Some of them haven't quite got it right. What are your thoughts on it? I actually really enjoyed the sort of change up. It really does kind of help the wrestlers also stand out. Um, it highlights it a, a hell of a lot more. Um, it's Yeah, it was different. Yeah, I think we're at that. Anyway, so we get Nakamura beating Jay. Billy Kay is comedy gold, but might not make it in the riot squad. The Mysterios look like idiots. Corbin beat them easily. Uh, Cruz was backstage with Range, which was an interesting wrinkle. He wrestled Zane later whilst Biggie watched laying on a sofa at ringside wearing a Ghostbusters yeah. jumper. You are. I'm um, this, I'm, I was also disappointed because I don't feel any, anything came with that little discussion backstage. And I was hoping, I don't know, to see something, you know, a fruition with Apollo Cruz. It's WWE. Like I, I go, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how they're going to play that out. And then, like you said, nothing ever happens. You go, yeah. you, start, you start questioning yourself. <laughs> you go, did I actually see Apollo Crews there? Did well, well, yeah. was it? Well, you know, like I said, well, a couple of months ago. Um, Roman wants last man standing. We get Brian versus Cesaro. Wow. What a match uh, this was. Cesaro caught yeah. in mid-run with an uppercut finish Brian off with the neutralizer for a win. I mean, incredible, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, I I really, really enjoyed this. And Cesaro got a lot of recognition here. And I, it's one thing that I do want to point out that he's he is another wrestler, Cesaro, um, who is extremely underrated by WWE. Everyone else seems to actually love this guy. And yeah, I don't understand how he's been with the company for so long and not had or, or been given a push. But that's another wrestler that if he does decide to sign with the company later on, because I know his um, contract runs out towards, I think, August or September. Um, I'm really hoping that they'll push him. Um, but if, if they're not going to give him a push, then I could potentially see him going elsewhere. I don't like him because he can't speak English properly, uh, and I think that holds him back. I, of course, am, am lying true. about that. <laughs> That's what apparently Vincent Mann has said. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yeah. A, a, apparently, he can't see a, a, a main event star where. That's why apparently with Nakamura. That's why with Oscar, she's been treated like that because they they can't. Hit it out of part with a promo, where they can, it's done differently. I see how it is now, Vince. We've got yeah. issues. 
yeah, it, it does make sense when you look at it, you know. Um, it's just horrible, though. It's a horrible way of thinking. You know, I, I may be wrong, but it, it's history shows, you know, as we say. And then the main event, uh, the main event of SmackDown. Sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, please for it. No, I was just going to actually say, like, you could actually look at the even the Royal Rumble records of the winners and actually kind of figure that out, can't you? Yeah, and their success rate, I think, would be... Um, Roman Reigns bullied and intimidated Adam Pearce into signing the contract for their last man standard match at Rumble. Uh, it's taking place at the head of the table. He put pen to paper, and Pearce said, I've waited all night for you to do that. Uh, he said, for exit in the ring. I never knew I could do an Adam Pearce impersonation. He then feigned a knee injury. He revealed that the card is subject to change. With that, he introduced Kevin Owens, who signed a contract for the Rumble title shot. I would maybe have liked to see Adam Pearce have a chance, considering it's going to be the same outcome. And I wrote that on January 14th. So. <laughs> yep. So, well, yeah. We all know how things ended. <laughs> well, we get uh, January 18th, we get Raw. Uh, we see a Martin Luther King uh, Jr. celebrating the legacy, uh, which Vincent Mann apparently really, really appreciates well. So that's a nice touch. And then we see Randy Orton uh, in a dark ring wearing a mask protect his burned face. He explained that he was lucky only taking first-degree burns to the face. It's almost like he didn't get hit. Uh, he warned that his compassion was now gone. He blamed the fiend for what happened. Even though he was burns alive, he told Bray Wyatt he would not stop him from winning the Royal Rumble match, yada, yada, yada. He promised he would compete even masked. <laughs> um, Orton was actually wearing a burn victim's mask uh, during that promo. I, I, I'm not really sure how to take that, you know? I, I think because of... The- what we know now um, and where we're at with Randy Orton as this cur- at this current stage, I think it was a really poor judgment call, um, you know, especially when they didn't like continue to fall through with it with, you know, hi- giving him uh, burn marks and things like that to, to actually make us believe that, that that actually happened. I do feel like it's, I don't think it was like purposely done to sort of make fun of burn victims. However, I also just felt like they were taking that whole storyline as, as pretty much a joke. Yeah, it, it's just stupid, you know. And But I did get a very Undertaker kind of feel of Bray going away and then returning. I mean, if they can get that character right, not necessarily to be the fiend, but that kind of one that he can go away, maybe, you know, reincarnate himself, just a little bit of touches like the Undertaker did for obviously yeah, yeah. His, his career. Uh, and it, this is something that really got on my nerves. Uh, I called it playing the field, but it's AJ versus Ricochet. And Adam Pearce explained to Ricochet that he would only earn a spot in the Men's Royal Rumble match if he won against AJ Styles. That happened I, on Raw. I was going to bring this up during the Royal Rumble because I, I'm pretty sure that half of Twitter noticed his presence within the Royal Rumble after this. <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've got more to say on that, but I will wait for the Rumble because I feel like I could go off on a tangent otherwise. I, I, do you know what I mean? I love Ricochet, but I fucking spent three hours watching this program, and they're not going to see it through. Then why should I? You know, uh, what a Is great that... match! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a great match this was though. Like, uh, was though like, between Ricochet and Styles, just showing what each man can do especially when styles is motivated styles went from from like the one and only turned into a recall for a near fall two foot on the top rope styles knocked him down he bounced ricochet off the top rope right into a styles clash for the win ricochet just can't catch a break 
Um, they should have booked him like Rey Mysterio, either, uh, when, either when Rey Mysterio was in WSW in 96, 97, or obviously when he showed up in 2002, of that kind of guy who can just do amazing shit. Yeah, he may be a little bit small. Yeah, you know, he may he may not be like the kind of best, best promo taker, but just let him perform, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that Ricochet has been underlooked for a while now, and it's a real shame because I feel like he was pushed to come up to the main roster uh, bef- before he was needed um, in terms of, you know, sort of star power. Um, and, and sort of, I don't feel like he was given the opportunity to really showcase himself as well as he probably could have if they gave him the time. Um, and, and so because of that, it does make you question their decision to to kind of go ahead and then have him as part as part of the Royal Rumble especially when he lost in such a great way in a great match against AJ I mean none of the other people that AJ Styles faced were in the Rumble as far as I can remember um so I don't understand why he was sort of given the okay when there are so many people uh other wrestlers that I was even shocked weren't in the Rumble. Yeah, but like I said, we'll we get on to it. Uh, I should say, Ricochet, not only is a great worker, but he's a really nice guy. I was lucky enough a few years back now, God my Ricochet versus Will Ospreay, and I took a friend who didn't watch wrestling, and I'm sitting there, you know, watching this event. It's only, you know, 200 people, and he comes back to me and goes, uh, he goes, hey, what are the wrestlers, you know, what's what's his name? I go, what, Ricochet? He goes, yeah, yeah, really nice guy. I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, I'll just share a packet of knickknacks with him. I said, what, you didn't know who he was? He goes, no, he just come up to me, started chatting. I was <laughs> like, you hear so many. And I was like, and you, 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 know you talked back. I bet back. enough I continued chatting to him because he was like, oh, this guy don't know who I am, so he's not going to tra- attract attention to me. <laughs> this is the thing. And, and like my mate come back to me, he was like, oh, I didn't know. Like, I was just talking about, you know, certain things. I was going, what were you talking about? Like, what, did you ask him if he's going to like WWE or? No, no, we're talking about like favourite flavours of knickknacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I knew that guy. Me and that guy, we talked about knickknacks. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he said. We watched Tommy the Ring and he'd be like, oh, yeah, look, that's Nick, that guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the greatest athletes of our generation. But no, no, yeah. it's fine. Uh, talking <laughs> about pl- playing for laughs, the Miz and John Morrison introduced the biggest star to ever appear on the dirt sheet, Goldberg. However, it turned out Miz and Morrison actually bought Gilberg. Um, and Drew McIntyre's music hit, but it was another impersonator. Uh, they quickly lost interest, you know. Sent them packing, it ended what it was. But I thought it was good to hear Fink's voice with the intro to the dirt sheet, which again uh, I think is brilliant to see. It's great to see Gilberg. He's had a few health issues, but now he's back. Of course, the former light heavyweight champion and the surprise choice in the deadly game tournament. And uh, Drew McIntyre, I couldn't believe this. I don't know if you know that the, the McIntyre impersonate was played by Bernard, the assistant from Santa Claus. Really? Yeah, really? <laughs> no. No, I swear, it was Bernard. No, I need to go back and watch that. I need. Are you serious? I'm serious. I I I couldn't believe it. I'm gonna have to go on YouTube and look that up again. I'm sorry, I am. I need to see this again. He's put on a lot of weight since then, but I was like, not Bernard. I loved him. When you go back and you watch the movies, the man hadn't aged in between all the movies. So I am. Now, completely flabbergasted that you said that the same 
out of shape man whose butt crack was on show on Raw was Bernard from the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know it's heartbreaking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about playing games, and Oscar was asked about what you expected from Alexa Bliss, and the Empress of Mars seems uncertain, perhaps worried about the dark side of Bliss. They got us introduced uh, Alexa's playground to Oscar before making clear she would enter the Women's Royal Rumble match. Oscar tried to play nice with Bliss, but only seemed to be on the goddess's nerves. And then after she invoked Bray Wyatt's name, the goddess scared the Raw Women's Champion into walking away. Bliss plays this very well. It's a Harley Quinn ripoff, but it is a great character. But Oscar did look like an idiot. Has there ever been a more unutilised talent than Oscar it's, at this moment in time? I mean, you, you can even, we can even just quickly go on to say this now that, you know, this furthers uh, the statement you just made, made about her being the most underutilised wrestler when you've got the Raw Women's Champion not having a Raw title on match on Royal Rumble, and yet you put her into the pre-show for the women's tag titles. And then not only that, but throughout the whole female Royal Rumble match, you didn't mention her name once when she is potentially one of the women that could be, um, you know, challenged for, for, um, by the winner, you know, not, not one speck of her or mention of her or interview backstage on the pay-per-view event. But yeah, if this was Becky Lynch, she'd still be getting all of that press. It, that, it, it's extremely frustrating. And especially with then what happens on, on Raw. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, about Bliss and um, this contest felt shockingly like a squash of the main event. And it was the first time fans have ever seen Oscar so outmatched. Um, we saw Bliss kind of turning into the, um, well, I don't know what you, how you would uh, say it. She's, you know, switched into this kind of... I, I reckon she's channeling, like, Bray Wyatt Insider. I'll be careful what I'm saying here. Uh, in that kind of way. And, of course, his sister Abigail getting the... the hitting that. Yeah. Bliss is a true threat for the Raw Women's Championship like this. Um, and she is the most interesting thing on Raw, I think, right now. I think Alexa Bliss's character is the thing that kind of got me through the month, so to speak. Yeah, I have to agree there. Uh, 22nd, and it's SmackDown. Billy costs her team again. Charlotte, the all-powerful team of Oscar to defeat Riot Squad due to poor Billy, who was kicked out the team after. If only they had a team for Billy Kay. If only they could make a tag team. Right? But yeah, who would yeah. they? You know, like you said, who? Um, <laughs> then we get Brian Cesare Ziggler. Daniel Bryan came out to talk about how the Royal Rumble event always made him feel excited. He was interrupted by Cesaro who uh, said he beat Brian last week. Cesaro then issued an open challenge, and Dolph Ziggler answered the call. Um, they fought, I mean, again, another great match between the two. The Swiss Cyborg um, managed to get the job done with a neutralizer for the pin. Um, and if this is Brian being involved with people like Ziggler and Cesaro and others who are kind of the workhorses of the company, and we talk about Oscar being underused, we, you've mentioned Cesaro. I would put Ziggler on that map as well and, and again saying i noticed that the rumble uh was the fact like you know oh, oh, we get on to that like i said we, we get on to that uh, but the talent shone through we see cruz versus biggie with zane interfering blair beat baylor by lifting otis um which again really really enjoyed that they had the kind of i don't know set up for blair wasn't it but it was like the assault course yeah. so to speak but um, i just think 
Ashley and Bianca Belair work really well together. So this was all kind of, they they just kind of brought excitement. And guess what? There's no title involved because you can actually have women feuds without a title involved. And then we see in the main event, Heyman was going to go and face Adam Pearce. But as soon as he came down, he injured his leg. And of course, it was the uh, card subject to change. It was Roman Reigns coming out to beat the crap out of Pearce. But then KO appeared, saved Pearce from certain destruction. Yeah, Owens blocked Superman punch, hit a stunner. It took uh, several fishes to keep them apart and even still managed to get each other. KO hit a second stunner before he put Reigns through the announce table with a pop-up powerbomb finally it's taken two months but owens got one over in a fight uh, uh with roman reigns stun owen stun when kevin owens is used right he's fantastic isn't he you know yeah yeah i mean i think i still think that um you know we could have uh, personally i i think that we could have like uh played up uh, played a bit longer with the thought of it being uh, uh, Adam Pierce that was facing Roman Reigns um, and actually have like, you know, sort of KO like appeared, uh, you know, then um, like make his his appearance then. Um, and, you know, like to have like Adam Pierce like, you know, oh, I'm really injured because you just beat me up. So, uh, yeah, like card subject to change and then like KO signs the, the contract then. You know, that would have been, I think, a lot more exciting and made KO look, you know, even bigger and better and exciting. Um, and I think it would have given the audience a lot more t- reason to be like, oh, my God, could he potentially win it? Um, but then again, they, they just don't have us on creative. They just need us on the team. They are failing miserably. But uh, this is the thing. and. and uh... You can't hurt Roman Reigns at the moment. He, he's so over with the character. He knows what he's doing. If he even gets beaten or it makes him look foolish, he can kind of recover from that as well. You know, I don't think without doubt. Uh, anyway, January 25th Raw, one final push. W champion Drew McIntyre returned two weeks after a positive COVID test. Um, six nights before the Royal Rumble, he discussed his illness and then Goldberg um, came out. They had a face-to-face and then the Miz and Morrison uh, jumped on the apron. And I actually quite liked it. They, they looked at Miz and Morrison, brought them in at the same time. We see a spear and a claymore respectively before coming face to face for one final sell job for the pay-per-view clash. It, I think it was really good stuff. You know, they, they needed one last uh, sell for it and they got it there, you know? Yeah, I just, um, I think my only issue, again, is just uh, how underutilised or underused uh, both Miz and Morrison are, are, are late, as of late. So, I mean, I did... I, I I understand why they were sort of like the ones coming out to kind of take the fall and stuff. But I just also think that's also hurting sort of Miz and Morrison and they need to kind of start doing something with them really so that they're not considered a joke. Well, don't forget, I mean, even though Morrison lost to Sheamus, they did beat Sheamus two on one later on in the night, which helped everything out, you know. Uh, <laughs> then we get another playtime uh, and uh, we see she says that she could not wait to see it again. And then the camera shot up close and with a magical pre-production flash, bits and pieces of the Fiend's face with a voiceover of let me in while Bliss stared menacingly into the camera. I am liking that at this moment in time. And then Riddle ran the Hurt Business, uh, Hurt Business Gauntlet. As you know, well, as anybody knows, I'm not a huge Riddle fan. It's not because he's not a fantastic worker. No doubt he is. I just find him so fucking annoying. There, there is just he's if you were to build you know like JBL would say you build a wrestler like Randy Orton you build someone I don't like it's gonna be Matt Riddle 
I'm sorry, but it's just the way it is, you know. Matt Riddle has one of those personalities that, uh, you know, you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. That sort of one. And and his his sort of character, so to speak, um, is one of those uh, characters that can start to grind you a little bit, you know. Um, but I also I'm I'm just not a fan of. Uh, you know all the news and bits and bobs that are coming out of mm-hmm. him at the moment so you know for me I'm I'm always just more interested in, in allowing others who aren't possibly in in tabloids for for um potential assaults of, of any sorts um like I just rather watch them than give any more time to those that are either accused or kind of looking to just ignore the situation so yeah, I'm not a fan, you could say. No, I went right down. And, and I think with the wrestling fans, I've got to be very careful what I say here because we did the Speaking Out podcast last year and it got some, I want to say negative feedback, but I don't think people really understand. And it's not a case of uh, the old, I don't know, again, bring up like a Benoit or something. But it's a case of, yeah, he might be a good worker, thing, but he's, he's still an arsehole. And if he is then you need to say enough is enough at some points. And I think there's wrestlers in NXT and WWE where you go, enough should be enough. Yes, second chances and, and whatever. But if you're not a nice person, if you're not eating knickknacks with my friend, then you're not <laughs> a nice guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> agreed, agreed. But anyway, back to uh, Matt Riddle when Benjamin was first put distraction by Cedric gets the win, MVP next, but while Squabbly taps out, and then Cedric, after being cocky, got pinned. Lashley came out and then put the hurt on again their their hurt business is probably one of the, the the best stables that they've had in a while and already they're saying that you know it's going to come to an end soon with cedric and benjamin uh then yeah, we I see sorry, it has to come to an end so soon yeah. this is what this is the one thing that wwe keep doing i don't want to hear that the hurt business are, are looking to split up i love everything that's happening with with uh cedric um you know just feeling too much of himself at the moment and and having little spats there with shelton benjamin and his team however i also think that they're doing some of their best work when it comes to factions with the hurt business mm-hmm. why would you want to interrupt that look at the new day they've been together for years and it's worked why do you have to already be looking to split up the hurt business it's not needed the, the thing that's is fun. no that's fine because the thing is with WWE uh, over wrestling I, I, and I think, you know, you look at the kind of X factors through time and, and what was a success and what wasn't. It was a kind of cool factor. You know, was it cool? You know, and everybody's saying about wrestling, and you know, it's fake, whatever it is. But like Stone Cold Steve Austin, no, no one ever fucking questioned it because it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, it's like the NWO. It's it's the shield. It's And I think with the Hurt Business, is, look, I look at them and go, do you know what? They're actually quite cool. And I don't think WWE has enough of that nowadays, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I do agree with that. You know, they've got style, you know. There's no reason to split them apart. I feel like they have that. They have a different type of uh, atmosphere when they get into the ring and they look dominant and they look powerful. And that is exactly what WWE need right now, is it not? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. There's no doubt about that. And then Edge returns to television saying that he would be in the Royal Rumble. And that was a massive blockbuster. And then we had one more act, which was um, the Women's Championship on the line. Uh, Again, Oscar uh, was, you know, trying to do her best here. You know, there's no doubt she was kind of 
concerns and all this lot. Uh, but then uh, Bliss well, look, kept trying to get through. She, the, she was I riding think, a toy horse in the middle of the ring. You know, I mean, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think I, I think we've got to just actually stop beating around the bush here and just call it how it is. This whole match was never about Oscar. It was always about Randy Orton coming in at the end and screwing with Alexa. And I just don't understand why you had to bring the women's champion into it. You didn't need to bring her into it because all you've done is just like underutilize her again. If you were going to like do something like this and actually legit have a match with Oscar and Alexa Bliss, that would have been so good. A lot of people were really like looking forward to kind of seeing what they both could do. But they could have built it up another week and had that on Royal Rumble. But instead, they just decided to do it like this, where Oscar did come across looking just more scared and weak than as our Raw Women's Champion. And then you do have to ask yourself, would they have put if uh, Becky or Charlotte in that situation, like, you know, having her look terrified or scared of Alexa Bliss? And then, like, would you have Randy Orton just come in and, and cause a disqualification during their one of their matches you know but I mean when it comes to Oscar it seems to be just you know yeah uh, this isn't about you even though you're part of the match it's just a little bit ridiculous uh, this is the thing like you said um, Randy Orton appeared to live in RKO uh, the thing is is there's good chemistry between Bliss and Oscar and definitely should be a match it was good that they were main event two weeks in a row but silly makeup and why give up the mask or have no reveal? Have him have the mask on. Have her turn yeah. around and take the mask off and go, this is what you've done. RKO. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It just kind of made no sense. Like, it, in the end, Randy Orton just looked like he just beat up a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. You're hard, Randy, aren't you? Yeah, it probably is now. Anyway, so we get on to um, January 26th, and it's India's Republic Day. Yes, I even watched the Superstar Spectacle, the unprecedented two-hour television special event that happened. I'll just go through it quickly with you. Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and uh, Shoraz Ali provided commentary. Finn Balor defeated Guru Raj, via pinfall after 1916. Wasn't a bad match. Raj showed plenty of potential. Didn't look out of place versus Balor. You get Dishia, Shanky, Giants, Angier, Rey Mysterio and Ricochet defeating Dolph Ziggler, King Corbin, Nakamura and Cesaro. And Mysterio and Cesaro after a splash from Shanky's shoulders. Um, of course, they called on Ziggler to help during the match. Shanky and Giant are both seven foot, both trained by great Carly. I cannot wait for them to have their world title runs in a couple of years. The Giant is only 300 pounds. And when you consider the big show was like, you know, two thirds bigger than that. Uh, it wasn't bad. You know, uh, we see Reigns there. Uh, he had a promo celebrating himself. Who would be surprised by that? Um, AJ Styles defeated Jeep Ramir with a phenomenal forearm. I mean, at the end of this, it was meant to show how great uh, Ramir was, but it just showed you what Almost did. It was okay. We had Biggie and Woods uh, came out and they introduced Spinning Canvas, which wasn't a bad performance. Great Carly gets a great reaction on the video. We have Serena Sandu and Charlotte Flair defeating Bailey and Natalia via pinfall. Um, again, they need the star to be on the show and they pick Charlotte out of it. Yeah, uh, again, questionable. And I, uh, I, you, you sort of tend to want to give up a little bit after this because no matter how many times like sort of the, the WWE universe talk about, you know, giving opportunity and wanting to see more of different uh, female wrestlers get opportunities. 
Nope, everything is out the window the minute Charlotte returns. <laughs> it's always got to be about Charlotte. It, it was a nice touch for Sandu to show Flair some dance moves as part of a taunt during the match and then replicate the Flair strap. Afterwards, of course, the face has got but, the, the pin. Did it really need to be her? Did it really need to be Charlotte? No, of course, of course it didn't. But it's funny you getting annoyed. Uh, Ric Flair cuts the yes. promo, gets cut off by Jinder Mahal, and the Bollywood Bulls Mahal cuts the heel promo. But Drew McIntyre and Desher arrive, and then McIntyre and Desher defeat Jinder Mahal and the Bollywood Boys. Um, it was great to see Jinder Mahal back in action. He's been out of the ring since June 2019. Desher had an impressive show in the Wells Collide Battle Royal back in 2019, but have not done much since. This was arguably the best match on the show which really wasn't worth, you know, much. I mean, you know, it was a disappointment sort of coming out um, after this uh, spectacle that, you know, we didn't see much more of Jinder Mahal or haven't uh, um, so far on the uh, back on the main roster because I, I, I did enjoy that match myself. Yeah, have him take Ricochet's place, you know? Like, that's what they're going to do in the Rumble. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Ricochet paid his way on. <laughs> Well, I really like the intro videos to the wrestlers before the match because obviously you have to explain to a somewhat wider audience. This is the start of something, obviously. Uh, they wanted to build a performance centre in the next couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe see an NXT India. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because obviously we've got NXT UK now and the plan is to kind of roll them out. Are you excited? Will you? Do you watch NXT UK? Would you watch NXT India? Would you watch NXT Mexico, etc.? I have been starting to pick up like um, bits of NXT where as I'm where I can as well, and that includes NXT UK. So I do think it is a positive, um, it's a positive outlook for especially India if they do get an NXT over there because not only does that give more Indians a chance to actually do what they love, and I, I've seen you know how much that country loves wrestling, but at the same time I think it gives more exposure to uh, the country itself, and that would be great. However. I'm also not excited at the possibility of of it not going anywhere because as of right now, it's not like we are doing very well with showcasing the roster we do bring up to them uh, from from NXT, uh, whether that whether or not that's NXT UK or or US at the moment. So I don't want it to be underutilized um, in a way, but I'm excited for them too. I hope yeah. that makes sense. No, yeah, well, like I said, it was an enjoyable show. We move on finally to SmackDown the 29th. Uh, and Daniel Bryan opened the show. AJ Styles interrupted uh, and, of course, set for a match later. Um, and, and I put this time, how many times has Daniel Bryan mentioned the Royal Rumble win? It feels like WWE might be pulling a swerve. Um, AJ's been spinning his wheels recently. Raw is not a good fit. Put him in NXT versus Balor, if nothing better. I mean, what a great match that would be. That would. Um, we have Belair, and you can have AJ saying, I've never won the NXT title, let me go for it. Uh, we have Belair versus uh, Bailey. Um, this, again, was a really good uh, match. Uh, it, it was completely different from their first fight as well. Uh, the main mistake WWE made was the post-match interview. Belair can cut a promo, but she was exhausted after such a long fight. I don't think they should have done it. What were your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, but again, agreed. Like I was kind of just wanting her to catch her breath. Um, sort of thing, um, but it was it was a great way of showcasing, you know, both both of uh, both of them uh, just before shortly before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, but uh, you know the, the thing is, it was an enjoyable match. But you're thinking, oh, I thought it was going to lead to something. And Bailey can do something that the other horsewomen can't. You've you've mentioned Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and um, of course Sasha Banks. 
I think Bailey can actually build stars because if you look at her rivalry with Belair, and of course we're going to get onto it in a minute, I think she's helped more than maybe anybody else. And it's that kind of confidence of not losing, you know, she's not worried about losing her position because of how good Bailey is at the moment as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Bailey Bailey's grown. If anyone's kind of been watching NXT from from years ago when Bailey was still on it, you can see how much growth there ha- has mm-hmm. been. Um, but you can also you also know that on on in reality Bailey's quite humble on the inside. Um, and I you see that come through in her matches, in her performances. It it could you know be overlooked because of like her heel character and her her heel persona at the moment but she will sell for others and you can see that and greatly appreciate how much effort she puts into that Com- compared to that to the likes of charlotte flair um bailey's the same i don't think we're at that and then we see um Heyman, uh, sorry, not Heyman, or Heyman with um roman reigns and kevin owens uh over the the interview and, and i think Last the previous week, SmackDown with Owens having one up on Reigns should have maybe kept it like that. And then Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles ended in a DQ. Um, and then Daniel Bryan, Biggie and Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Cesaro. Everyone hit an impressive offense in the cake. We've seen that led Zayn fighting for um, fighting, and then we see Sheamus coming in, plant with a bro kick to win. Braun Strowman then arrived and took out everyone, hit a running pass on Cesaro to end the night so all in all what are your thoughts on raw and smackdown this month because it's been hard but i think it's been enjoyable in places but i don't know if that's just because we've been working towards the royal rumble yeah i think there's been definitely exciting moments but overall um especially the sort of last smackdown i i really have been questioning like wwe's motives i mean we had three matches on smackdown that were all consistent of like the same people but just adding more to it and it was like three different matches we had of that um and it was just not needed we did not need that if you were going to make it like a tag team or a a six-man tag team then just do that in the first place and that way you could showcase off more people but instead they yeah they just built like content that i just didn't really feel like was necessary especially when it was sort of the week before royal rumble well, we talk about the Royal Rumble, and it is a special event, and everybody was excited. And it's January 31st, and let's go on with it now. No better way to kick off then with kickoff. We have Charlie Crusoe, Joe King Law, Booker T, JBL, and Peter Rosenberg on the panel. We see McIntyre and Goldberg promo. It's 54 versus 35. I was surprised Goldberg's only 54. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I did not. I must have missed that little part where they were showing the stats because I didn't know that was his age. I thought he was older. Uh, JBL says people don't care about Goldberg taking their shot. And then we see backstage Carmella upset by Reginald, but she says she's two steps ahead. We see DeVille join on the panel, discuss the SmackDown women's match. Banks is not the only boss. And she picks Carmella. Wow. We get the... Uh, woman's rumble profile Belair's the favorite on the panel but jbl says it's just potential and then we see natalia said there's no one no one could do to stop her because uh, she's going to be number 30 and jbl seat was lowered during the kickoff panel which was hilarious as well because he's always having to go at rosenberg and i don't like rosenberg but i don't like bullies but anyway we see reigns and owens promo next our truth joins the panel do you know he debuted at rumble 2001 as k quick yeah, how long ago he was. Oh, nice. He um, was dressed as... Yeah, 
he was like doing some sort of um Elmer. He was dressed like Elmer, right? He was just as Elmer Fudd. Because <laughs> <laughs> he thought Bugs Bunny was performing later, and he's hunting wabbits. That's. <laughs> I mean, he he's just a little national treasure, isn't he? Hard truth, like just oh. giving him give him an award or something. That's it. That's what he deserves. And then our first match is Jackson Baszler versus Charlotte and Oscar. Oscar on the kickoff. Wow. Commentary made a point that Oscar hadn't lost in a tag match versus the Hills. At that point, I thought, oh, my predictions are fucked. That's, that's yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we go on to the match. The Queen and Oscar controlled the pace for a long time. It took a pair of clotheslines for Jax to finally put the Empress on the mat. The challenger spent the next few minutes cutting the ring in half to keep her isolated. After hitting a powerbomb in the corner, Oscar was able to make the hot tag and leash a fresh Charlotte on her opponents. She destroyed both women but failed to get the pin with double natural selection. Ric Flair and Lacey Evans came out to interfere and the Nature Boy gave Evans a knuckle duster. She used it to hit Charlotte in the face and Jax took advantage to pin her and win the tag titles with Baszler. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I... I... I want to say that I was impressed with this match, but I can't. And and it's such a shame because I think that all of, all of the women that, you know, put their heart and soul into that match, but everything to do with this storyline between Charlotte, uh, Lacey, and, and her, Charlotte's father, Rick, I'm over it. This is not Attitude Era. We're not watching Vince and Trish again. Like, there is no need for this. And I just also think it's just not a good look for Lacey Evans or her character um that she had been betraying previously um overall i wasn't overly impressed with the match i kind of called it i i knew that they were going to be losing their titles um and this did and again this match did nothing for oscar it highlighted nothing about the fact that she was the only woman that was the women's champion in that match and yet it just was none of it was about her it was all about charlotte like all of this was and i i'm over it it felt it felt like the attitude era with the amount of kind of shenanigans going on towards the end and again not, to make I, I just don't I just don't think we needed needed that. We don't we didn't need Ric Flair coming out and I think a lot of people were kind of fed up um with him, especially with you know, what we'll get into later with the Roy, women's Royal Rumble. It, it unneeded, unnecessary. Well, this, is, this is the same. Four great talents, and you're going, and here's Ric Flair. You know, it's like uh, this is this is a thing that annoyed me. And and then I thought, again. Well, I thought, well, that's it for Oscar tonight. I thought that's yeah. it. I thought it, off. we're not going to see it. Yeah, and that's what was so disappointing about the fact that you even had that match on the pre-show because it's not the fact that a match needs to be on the pre-show but it's the fact that you put the raw women's champion on the pre-show like this is this is how much they're really caring about the fact that oscar is their women's champion you know well this is the thing i was watching kickoffs and i was surprised there was the match on and i was surprised it was this one and i thought there was nothing else they could put i know i moan oh you put on a pointless match but if any uh, was a chance you know to have something on the kickoff and move that to make it feel more important but because of the clusterfuck finish Again, it was just Oscar. Just I just was like, this is this is no way. It's not. It's just not. It's just not fair, you know. And I don't want to mo- moan about it. I I, I agree. Uh, but the thing is, is out of five, I give it a three because the action was probably three and a half, but the finish dropped it down to a three. I'm gonna agree with you there. I would give it a three too. Uh, predictions. Brandon challenged us. Brandon scans. He um 
challenged us, of course, he beat us once, I think, uh, back in the day, and he keeps going on about it. You really need to calm down. He went for a draw. We went for uh, Oscar and Charlotte, so nil-nil to start us off. The poll-wise, Oscar and Charlotte got 69% of the vote. Uh, not a bad kickoff, and then the main show begins. And uh, it was a sick promo, i say, for the Royal Rumble to start us off proper. Mm, I agree. And I think it's because it's the most hope we have of the year as well, you know. It is. I mean, it's the it's the start of WrestleMania season, you know. So you know that whatever is going to be going down in this pay per view is definitely going to be starting to set the stage for what is supposed to be the greatest pay per view of the year. Um. So you know, it gi- it gives high hope to those that are wrestling fans that you know they're going to see some really good content, some real big drops some some hopefully some returns and things like that so it's the first one of the year as well it makes it that much more exciting i'm sure i'm like everybody where i just hope cm punk comes back at number 30 wins the rumble main events wrestlemania you know i'm sure everybody thinks that (laughs) (laughs) quite a few people hoping that um but anyway, this I really like the event theme. I mean, the rumble. I've even put it on my like my my iTunes, and I don't usually. It's been a long time, and it was just it was quite catchy, and I felt myself singing it at certain points, and I thought, oh yeah, not not bad. <laughs> yes, that's right. Not only do I watch twelve hours of wrestling, but I also sing wrestling songs to myself. But we are in the Thunderdome, and it is Goldberg. I wonder if he'll concuss himself as he makes his way to the ring he had I've, long shorts i asked that myself as well before he came out he's like come on head back the door there uh long shorts still a cool entrance uh, i'm excited for this match um as goldberg made his way he seemed to have uh, what's a nice way of putting it blown up maybe a little bit from his walk um from from his uh, dressing room and they weren't real goldberg chants i'm sorry but they weren't i don't care what anybody says yeah, we, all we we all know that i mean they, they've been they've been putting all these fake chants in since um you know the audience have stopped um and it it usually tends to work but in some cases it doesn't and i don't and i doubt that anyone was really cheering on for goldberg because at this point everyone was just literally sweating and hoping to, and praying to god that drew was going to come out on top i will amen that because that was exactly how i felt but mcintyre did look intense and before the ref could call for the bell the scott delivered a headbutt and a spear they took the fight out of the ring and goldberg speared the champ through the barricade what the fuck was drew mcintyre thinking then huh I, did. <laughs> I, think, I think he just kind of was like, Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going for it now. I just went for it. <laughs> and then as soon as he went outside, I thought, Oh no, this spot's coming. Went through the barricade. Uh, it was just great to be fair because your McIntyre's there and everybody, I don't care, you know, 98% are going, Oh fucking hell. Like, McIntyre, get up, just come on, son, you can do this. Yeah. McIntyre recovered as he waited to get the square circle. The ref called for the bell and McIntyre immediately hit a kick. Followed by a Claymore for a two-count. Goldberg ducked the second Claymore and Jordan with a spear. He lined up and hit a second one for a near fall. My heart was in my mouth. And then he delivered a jackhammer, but McIntyre still kicked out. Did you think at that point that was done? Yeah, I mean, I saw the jackhammer and I just, I, I actually stood up because I was like, that, are you kidding me? That, that This is how they're going to do it. Are you actually serious right now? And I was ready to shout my head off and probably wake up all my neighbours. Um, however, I'm very, very happy 
that to say that I was shocked as hell when Drew McIntyre kicked out and I was really jumping for joy. Yeah, and I think I had my head in my hands rocking back and forth. But I think Goldberg's sell of going like, God damn, kid, I thought that was quite good. And then obviously McIntyre dodges Spear, hit another Claymore to get the victory. Drew at a disadvantage, but fighting through. What are your thoughts mm. on that? I think it was a good match overall. And I think that, you know, it was the right decision to have made um, when it comes to the outcome. Um, again, though, I it was a good match. but we could have had a great one with a younger new upcoming talent. So in my opinion, I just don't really feel like it was needed or necessary to have been Goldberg. Well, credit to um, Goldberg for getting him up for the jackhammer. I mean, McIntyre did help. Like I said, not many have kicked out. Drew McIntyre has beaten a star name, which again is another good thing. I know Braun Strowman beat Goldberg. It's a really good nod off and one to add to Drew's CV. So like it's, I'm not discondoning it as a match. And I think that they could have had him on an episode of Raw and that would have been the most exciting match to main event on a Raw. Um, I just still feel like uh, it, it could have gone against um, an, another person um, at that time, you know. But that being said, it was good. What, yeah, what I liked about it is is the fact it did feel, I don't want to say like a real fight, but... Obviously, we don't want McIntyre to lose. So when he's at a disadvantage, like we're going, oh, fucking hell, quick, quick, quick. And you want it to be kind of, you know, to, to mm. finish it at two or three minutes. It's a perfect way to kind of book Goldberg. It's so, you know, McIntyre didn't really lose anything because of, obviously, the, the attack before. It just made, McIntyre made a mistake. You know, he, he, he jumped on Goldberg and then he got caught for it. And luckily, he managed to survive. And he maybe picked up, you know, storyline-wise. <laughs> Well, it worked because, you know, McIntyre is kind of coming across as like this sort of young up, upcoming new star whose naivety was shown in the ring by him trying to attack him early on yeah. and it didn't work. But he also overcame that. So it's it it was good storytelling in that sense. And he'll say, well, they'll forget about it in a couple of weeks. But like I say, McIntyre will then say, right, for my next title victory, I'll make sure not even if they're smaller or older, whatever it is, to get the job yeah. done. Um, I don't know if I was just ecstatic that uh, McIntyre won. I gave it a four and a quarter out of five. I, I really, I loved it. I actually loved the start of it. I loved the match. Well, I'm I'm going to give it a, a 3.5 because I thought it was a really good match, but I also stand by what I said and think that it could have just been another match to uh, showcase another new talent and stuff. Um, but yeah, three. I, again, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Obviously, it wasn't like this, but I think for... If you were looking at how good could this match be, I think it was as good as it could have been. Yeah, it could have been a fucking disaster, like we say. But is the question is, was Bill all right? Did you think for a second? I don't know about you. I thought Goldberg's gonna. Oh, there's gonna be an injury angle here where he like collapses or they kind of because he was in trouble. I don't know if you, you saw it afterwards, but even when McIntyre was going up to celebrate with the title, like he took a shoulder, he he took a knee, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean. I I hope that he's okay. Uh, I didn't actually notice that, if I'm truly honest. He was he was because I was thinking at point it was like he's really blowing at the moment, and I know he said something to McIntyre, but it's a way like Goldberg. I think was you know obviously I've looked online since and no one said anything about it. I think you know yeah. it took a lot out of the tank. Um, anyway, yeah. prediction wise after the scores. Um, Brandon went for the Miz to cash in. 
which is too smart for your own good. And then McIntyre for the WNR. So we do go one nil up. Uh, and as for polls, like I said, we release polls. And for McIntyre, he got 72%. And uh, Celtic fans, Nick said Drew. The Night Rocker said Goldberg. It's off the masses. Uh, Ryan Ritchie put Spear, Jack Hammer, one, two, three, and new WWE champion. You're next. And uh, Willie Tapout, which again is a great handle to have. Picked Moondog mm. Spot, which um, I don't think is uh, the right choice there. Um, but again, not a bad match. Our next match, uh, what I get annoyed with, right, is the fact that we've got two Raw Rumble. So when you've got two Raw Rumbles, you go, right, there's a... So I want to get one Rumble out as soon as possible, you know? Yeah. yeah. And when the women's... T- don't get me wrong, I love such Banks. When I saw the women's title match, we go... Ah, oh, fucking hell, we're going to have to wait for another run. But, you know, we're, we're having to wait. Yeah, I, uh, I, oh. I get it. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, I had a bad feeling about this as we got here, but Banks is the real boss. Uh, so, and, of course, like I said, it's our next match. There's the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks immediately brought to the map, but the challenger escaped before she could apply the bank statement. They reset the boss, took her down into a waist lock. She knocked Reginald off the apron, but that allowed Carmella to take her out of ringside. Challenger hit a series of elbows in the corner. She grounded Banks in the rear headlock, but the uh, boss broke free. The champ hit a meteor from the corner, but appeared to hurt her knee in the process. Camilla used Banks' hair to tie her to the bottom rope so she could stomp on the match. She did it a couple of times and didn't really work. And then Banks regained the upper hand and hit a trio suplex in an homage to Eddie Guerrero. Mella threw into Reginald's arms, but Banks took him down with a head scissors. The ref kicked him from ringside, and then Carmella tried to kill herself with a suicide dive. Yep. I mean, that was pretty scary and even made me, like, kind of scream out with, with shock. Um, I really hope that Carmella's neck is okay. Um, it, it instantly reminded me of the match between Lita and Trish and uh, Lita's dive, um, where that looked extremely painful and resulted in her neck breaking. Um, I, I really just hoped that she is okay. Well, uh, what I've heard is Carmella's fine because she used her face as the impact. So apparently everything is yeah, okay for her. Uh, but no, seriously, she did land on her head. And you see Banks uh, giving her a couple of little touches to make sure she was okay. So it was it, a nice nod to see that they both kind of checked on one another. Yeah. Well, I mean, Banks is thinking, shit, Carmella is dead. So yeah. Got, you know, you sure. She's I mean, literally like, are you okay? Carmella was like shot out of Shotzi Blackheart's cannon or you know what i mean just like phew yeah, across yeah. Oh. and the reaction is fucking shit like whoa yeah, uh yeah. anyway anyway she managed to get back up fair play to her um mm-hmm. and if nothing had happened and scored a two count she blocked a frog splash a lot banks in the code of silence the boss escaped but carmella maintained control by hitting the super kick the boss finally hit the bank statement applied and mella had no choice but to tap out what are your thoughts on that right so i uh, you know i enjoyed it i thought it was a great match however i think that uh sasha and carmella had a better match at the last pay-per-view so it's not that i was disappointed um but i also feel like it's not really done much for mella um so i don't i don't really think it was a bad match but i also don't feel like it did anything to elevate sasha even more or even um to help elevate Carmella because I think Carmella was more impressive in the previous match well let me read what I've put down Mella 
Mella is not championship quality. Not a bad match, but nothing they didn't accomplish at TLC. Yeah, so we pretty much have like the same sort of vision in that sense. Yeah, I mean, Banks is still the boss. Uh, predictions, uh, Brandon and the WNR went Banks, so it's 2-1. Polls, uh, Banks got 73%, and Nick Celtics again put Sasha Banks. Uh, backstage, Biggie with Woods. Um, 60 minutes till wrestling gods. I mean, that made me laugh. Like, Big E is just, to, to, you know, he's, he's just hilarious, you know? And then we get, here comes Sami Zayn. Um, don't call him brother. And Zayn's like, I've got eyes in the back of my head. Then Kofi makes him jump, which again, I was in a really good mood at this moment in time on the pay-per-view. And of course, New Day got Brody Lee, Lee gear, which is lovely. And That's then... It was, it was beautiful, wasn't it? You know, like uh, to have that there. And I know saying WWE allow them to do it, but I still think it's good. And then why have the musical act now instead of the between the two Royal Rumbles? It is stupid. I have no idea. The, I thought the musical performance was going to be put in between. To do with like setting up the Miz and Morrison's segment. And that in itself was just a little bit. I just felt like it was just a bit of comedy they added in there for no reason. Like that's what you got our truth for. Um, do you know who Bad Bunny is? Yeah, I do. I, I I do actually listen to his music, so I knew who he was, and I I know he's always been a wrestling fan. Um, so I was you know looking forward to seeing him on it. Um, I just thought the the part with Miz and Morrison was hilarious, but I found it. In- incredibly awkward watching bad bunny perform and having just like booker t just uh stood there not doing anything it was just really awkward that's what stevie ray used to do when they teamed up together but it's the thing and i was just like yeah for me it was fine because i just let it play uh and i just you know i mean toilet break and, and what have you i'm not it's one of these things. I thought it'd be a break. I couldn't believe it that they had it before Rumble, but like I said, leading to that. But again, up next, it is all about the numbers. The women's Royal Rumble match is uh, first. Uh, I had the final four picks. My final four picks I thought would be with Charlotte, Bailey, Belair, and Ripley. Uh, we'll see how that pairs out. Who were who were you thinking? Who was your favourite going into the Rumble match? Um, so I sort of ha- uh, had a heel and a face um, prediction. So my heel prediction was Shayna, and then my sh- my face prediction was Bianca. Yeah, I think Bianca had the loads uh, of kind of support behind her, but Charlotte, in my mind, I was like, you know, took back-to-back Rumble wins, and they might do it with her. So I wasn't discounting I was her. Worried like do it because of earlier on in the pre-show like they they purposely made sure to like sort of bring up the fact that she could be making history tonight by having you know uh by uh becoming like the first female to win uh like back-to-back rumbles and i was just thinking to myself don't you fucking do this do not fucking (laughs) so make me stay up well, I've got work tomorrow anyway. Do not make me stay up just to watch her win, please. Well, Bailey was first, and uh, I love her and what she's got going with Michael Cole at the moment. She says she will yeah. challenge him if she wins the Rumble. Uh, but not forget, Michael Cole is unbeaten at WrestleMania. Uh, it's just entertainment, isn't it, you know? 
it is actually brilliant you know especially when she first came out and she is already shouting stuff at michael <laughs> you know you you genuinely think she's got a real issue especially when it's a king on commentary you know that's what that's what i, I think makes it kind of so special as well the fact that they're kind of seeing it through i think it was on smackdown a couple of weeks ago where you know brian's going uh, last week on smackdown when cole's going she's scared of Bianca and Bailey's like, I'm not scared, Michael. I'm not scared, which again is just brilliant. It just uh, really got to me. It really tickles me like that. She's got she's got a, a, an actual issue with him. Well, she came out at number one. Naomi was number two. We're hoping to see something special from her. And then Bianca Belair at number three. We see a great exchange cut rule between her and Naomi. And then Billy Kay at number four. She takes a seat. Handing out eight by tens, and I loved her on commentary where you know they go, "Oh, you're going to join the match." Well, I'm thinking about it, but at the moment, I'm just waiting yeah. for a partner. Oh my gosh, she is gold. Billy Kay is gold. Ah, oh, it's just it was it was fantastic. Shotzi and the tank at five. She appeared last year, but she is getting so much fun. She shoots at Billy as Billy now has gone to the entrance way and offering a hand to kind of everybody that comes out. Uh, new tag team champ, Baser at six, Tony Storm at seven. Uh, like I said, Billy keeps getting blanked each time. Uh, Baser gets first elimination, getting rid of Shotzi Blackheart. And number eight, Gillian Hall. Um, she's singing and she's got a face gro- uh, got a face growth bitten off, anybody don't know. What are your thoughts about seeing Gillian Hall? Oh, God. I mean, it brought up really bad memories of when, of that whole sort of era where she actually thought she could sing. And I really didn't need that reminder. But good news is, though, is I'm, that she's a fan of her her teaming up there with Peyton. Uh, Billy, sorry. That's what I'm saying. The good news is it was Jilly and Billy, and of course we had our first surprise. But now we had a tag team. And number nine, we had Ruby Riot with two T's, and Billy's telling Ruby to get on a team. And it's the small things, and it's it's Billy in the corner. And with Ginny, and she looks at Ruby, she just goes, I can't, obviously we're a podcast, but she like just she points. points. She points to, towards Ginny, like, look who I've got, you know, like, yeah. it's just great, like, the confidence on her face being like, come on, you know, you want to join us. It's just like, it's just great, like, she actually makes me want to become a wrestler just to become her partner. Honestly. Know? It was so, it was so, so funny. And then number ten, we get Victoria, a true legend, one of the proper workers, you know. Oh my gosh, I was super excited to see Victoria come out, especially in her Spider-Man ring gear. I thought it was, it was brilliant. It was so nice to see her. I, I think I would have, I would have probably screamed a little if she came out to all the things she said. Oh but yeah. She, she came out to her <laughs> other um, track. Um, but I just loved the nostalgia. Like that, that was a really nice surprise that I wasn't expecting and didn't have it ruined for once. Um, and I, it was a, a really nice surprise. This is the thing. I, I turned my phone off for every and all notifications, messages, emergency calls, everything, so I wouldn't get any spoilers for the rumble. And I could, and, and even when I was watching it and kind of writing the notes. I was really enjoyed it. Like I said, with, with Victoria, she deserves it. You know, she, she was great. Uh, at 11, we see Peyton Royce. And can we have an iconic reunion? Billy has been the star so far in this matchup. Number 12, Santana Garrett. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I watch a lot of wrestling, like I say. Uh, 13, Liv Morgan. Gillian turned on Billy, but she managed to eliminate her. And then Riot Squad dropped her out. The fun is over. But can I just 
give her a second for Billy Kay in the Rumble. She was brilliant. She really was. And I think the only reason why I feel like I I did a real big no when she was eliminated was predominantly Mm -hmm. just because I wanted to continue seeing more comedy from her with her interactions within the ring. Like One of my favourite moments from Billy Mm -hmm. Kay in the Royal Rumble was trying to recruit Shayna Baszler and... It was her walk towards Shayna Baszler. I don't know if anyone caught it, but she's trying to like, you know, walk tough, like the way Shayna walks. And it was just, it was absolutely brilliant. That's got to be one of my favourite moments. It was just, it was everything she did. I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. And and especially when you, you know, we talked about Peyton Royce kind of being the the chosen one, so to speak, and they're kind of, you know, Billy giving a list, and she is making kind of chicken salad out of chicken shit the old expression would be where she's just so entertaining yeah it's very true and i feel like um i i actually feel like um i ignored the iconics quite a lot when they were a, a tag team um so i feel like i'm getting to know billy Kay a lot more than peyton royce and i doubt that that was the intention that they were that wwe were doing but whatever billy Kay is doing i just want her to keep doing it because of she she's gonna become one of those um potential underdogs that no one really realized that they were rooting for or wanted to maybe be elevated and she, when she will she'll, she'll just be she'll be everyone's favorite you know yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. But like I said, the fun is over. Number 14, Rhea Ripley, come on down. And uh, Tony Storm is eliminated by Rhea. Of course, there's history there uh, over the NXT UK Championship. We see Baszler, Kirifudi clutch chokes out Victoria from the Rumble, which, uh, again, Victoria's gone, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, nice splits, but then Garrett is out by Ripley. 15, of course, we're halfway through. And it's Charlotte. She will not be in a good mood. Um, Bailey powerbombs Ruby right out the rumble number 16 it is going quick Dana Brooke this is a wasted choice she is uh, not shown a lot you know yeah I mean when you've got two powerhouses that come out one after the other um, I think that spot probably would have been better for to have a suited position to put like a legend straight after so that the expectation level of a big another powerhouse coming out wouldn't have been expected but then to have someone like dana no no offense to her but she it, it came across a lot less that i mean i used that as a bathroom break at that point when i realized it was her coming out well no, no offense but the thing is is that i've tweeted before saying she's a horrible worker and she liked it like i don't think she understood the kind of the, the sarcasm that was at play maybe and it's just yeah. i feel you know I and it, she, she puts in effort so I don't think so she gets she, it. I thought she's one of those wrestlers that would forever be a mid carder. Like I couldn't ever see her with having the title around the women's title. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, not, that's not any offense. No offense to her to be taken, but I just if she was going to have any type of title run, it would be like I'd only see her do it having a tag team run. The, the thing is, well, you know, and obviously we're going to get onto it, but Dana Brooks, if they're going to use her for anything, use her for the fucking Charlotte Flair storyline they got going on. And, and Yeah, that could even potentially have been a bit better. Uh, anyway, she takes out the win with she jumps off the top. Uh, Royce is super kick and eliminates Liv Morgan. Number 17, Tori Wilson. And the King has got to calm down. Uh, what are your That's... thoughts on Tori Wilson? Um, I feel like it was her entrance was overshadowed because I was getting really worked up listening to how 
excited Jerry Lawler was getting. And I just think that that first of all that needs to be, he needs to be over there and like they just need to stop bringing him back for the Royal Rumble. Like you've got plenty of other commentators that will happily sit there and and you know comment. So we just didn't need that. You know they could have brought Renee Young back to commentate on it instead of Jerry Lawler. I don't know why she why he was on there. But Tori Wilson, I was really happy to see the woman does not age. She is still just as beautifully young looking as she was when she first was in the company um so i really enjoyed seeing her come back again yeah it's really really nice seeing a nice strength by ripley outside uh to the power bomb to the apron brook who got eliminated and then number 18 rick flair's entrance music played and then lacy with charlotte's robe on uh charlotte beats the shit out of her feathers flying um what are your thoughts on this I'm just going to say this one's completely unnecessary and not needed for the Royal Women's Royal Rumble. You would not actually see like females get involved. And I just had an issue with Ric Flair coming out when this got this Royal Rumble's got nothing to do with you. We didn't need to bring in the Lacey Ric Flair storyline. It could have been just Lacey coming out. But he is the face of the women's division at the moment. Like I said, when it comes to Raw. Yeah, well, I mean, I, re- I uh, wish someone would have just slapped him, to be honest, and told him to get away from from it all. I mean, you compare him, the air time he's had to like, Oscar like, during the rumble and the treatment. I mean, I'm not here to piss you yeah. off. <laughs> you are. You're totally doing this on purpose. But you are also really right in saying what you said. Like, he, lo- he literally got more airtime at Royal Rumble than the Royal Women's t- Champ. Yeah. Like, how ridiculous is that? I mean, even have Oscar appear in a rumble and, you know, oh, she wants to be SmackDown with champion. Have a, and then whoever eliminates her becomes the challenger like they did with, you know, uh, but then again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Let's not go too much into it. Otherwise, it could just be a complete fashion session. Yeah. Well, Charlotte flipped Peyton out, which looked quite painful. And Baszler's third elimination gets rid of Tori Wilson. Number 19, Mickey James. But they missed Bailey being eliminated by Belair. Oh, they don't normally so miss that. Annoying. That was so annoying. It was again, it reminded me of, you know, when when Edge first returned and he first gets into the ring and clearly spears someone and yet we all missed it because of the camera change. Like, oh, that was so annoying with missing B- uh Bailey's exit and especially from Bianca. Um so, yeah, frustrating and I think very underwhelming then for Mickey James. Because no one was interested in, in her entrance or her even coming out because everyone was actually panicking at the thought of, wait, Bailey's out? When did that happen? Who did it? You know? Exactly. And it's the thing, and WWE usually quite good for that. But And it's the case of, well, they, they time the fucking match. They know what moments, they know where it should happen. You know, it just doesn't make any sense sometimes. And we then see Mickey James and Charlotte having a nice exchange. Number 20 is Nikki Cross. She, of course, has gone quiet recently. She is a great talent and she lights up the ring when she gets in, you know. Oh, my gosh. I do have to actually just point this out at how good Nikki Cross looked. Like, she has lost a considerable amount of weight and looks amazing. So I was definitely excited for her coming into the ring. However, I am already going to put this down because she was eliminated way before I feel like was needed. We didn't get no interaction between her or Alexa Bliss. And it really irritated me because of what happens then on Raw, you know, the day after 
which was that they they had this prompt match um you know they could have built continued building the storyline within the rumble but i felt like alexa's uh, run was short-lived um as well as nikki's i feel like they could have just they could have done with just doing that bit of building to then lead to what we got on raw um so but, they, they missed the ball with that but did you find i mean you know not spoiling the men's rumble but you know, a lot of people say, oh, you, you get to build matches towards what's going to happen at WrestleMania. And I felt there was none of that in both matches of kind of like, you know, and I know maybe it hasn't been done a lot. Maybe people are just picking out examples like when you know, Angle tackles and, and, and such like. But again, it's, it's you know, uh, anyway, back to the Rumble. Again, it was a really, really enjoyable Rumble. We see Nikki Cross coming in. 21 was um, Alicia Fox. Uh, not done that in a while. <laughs> surprise as well but I mean I'm just going to go ahead and kind of like say this now I feel like it was just completely undermined again by and this wasn't even his fault but the the creative writing of having our truth come and interrupt the women's royal rumble like this easily could have taken place at, uh, during the men's royal rumble and there would have been like a really nice funny segment probably of all of the men that were currently in the ring maybe just helping truth beat up all of the people around the ring trying to get to truth and 24 7 title that would have been actually fun and you could just see all these men just have a break from beating on each other and just quickly beat on these new guys for a bit but no they decided to have him and a bunch of men interrupt the women's royal rumble again I, I'm, uh, I'm just well, you you say men, I call them twenty four seven jobbers, uh, because <laughs> I let everything. think. Uh, Fox is the new champ, though, and then twenty two Mandy Rhodes. Uh, I mean, it's definitely different what they're doing. Rose threw Fox out, and then she gets pinned by Truth. I mean, it's not been a good night for her. You know, Fox comes out and loses two matches. That, that is my point exactly as well. Like, why bother even bother have Alicia Keys go through that? Uh, Alicia Fox, sorry, go through that and and do all that with our truth when her main focus should have been the Women's Royal Rumble in the first place. And and not only that, but we it was inevitable. We all knew that Truth was going to get it back off of her at some point during the night. So for me, I just felt like it really wasted the Alicia Fox's time of actually just being in the ring and actually enjoying being in the ring with all this new talent. Yeah, I completely agree. And then 23, we see Dakota Kai, and of course, Fripley and Kai exchanged last time they saw each other. Kai got shoved in a locker in NXT. Uh, Women's mm-hmm. right takes James out of the match. Number 24 is Carmella. Uh, back in the day, they didn't need to put the challenge in the title match in the Royal Rumble. But they, they do now for some reason. Uh, Ripley grabs her fourth and fifth eliminations, Kai and Rose. Cross gets Carmella out, but Raph catches him. He doesn't return the favour to Cross. I have no idea what. Oh, that's it. Reg, not the ref. Yeah, Reg catches him and then gets her out. Uh, yeah. Number 25 to Mina. Reg tried to help, but Super King took him out and uh, Carmella eliminated. And then we see Ripley and Tamina. And now Naomi using Belair hair to stay in. That. Uh, and then that was quite a nice exchange, actually, because they can see each other and they're both kind of dangling there. And they say, we're going to have to use each other to get back in. You ready? Yeah, ready. And then they yeah. get back in. But I love the short exchange of them them both realising they were next to each other first and, and having a little scrap just before. So it was quite fun because then you just saw Bel- Belair just be like, 
No, wait, hold on. Let's get back in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and 26, we get Lana. Of course, she's got a shot redemption. And then we see Belair and Naomi getting annoyed with each other because Naomi's like throwing her over the top going, you still in? Like, oh, my God. Like, and, they, and, and they, I've got that. Changes, which were really good, which is why I'm disappointed. Then we saw Naomi turn up on Raw. I'm pretty sure she was on SmackDown. Or am I? Or was I mistaken? WWE doesn't care. We <laughs> know that. Uh, winning number 27 is Alexa Bliss. Um, everybody's going for Bliss. Oh, shit. Ripley dumps her out before the transformation. It was a bit of a fucking waste of time. What were your thoughts on Bliss? And again, just short-lived. Like, you know, if you were going to even do that, would it not have made sense to have had Nikki Cross in the ring, see that she was about to change and ch- and dash her out before she did change? Then that would actually build up so much more between them and the reason why they had a match on Raw. You know, I mean, honestly, WWE hire me, please, because if I make more sense in my own head than they do. Number 28, Ember Moon, and we get the Eclipse to Baszler. Evan eliminates by, uh, this is what I didn't understand. Lacey Evans got eliminated by Baszler. Why not Charlotte? I mean, obviously, they're continuing the feud. Did they think that was a feud ender? Well, I, I mean, this is what I'm, uh, this is what I was thinking, because I was like, if, what was the point on bringing Ric Flair out and having us do them? Like, you know, sort of exchange glances and all this hatred that, you know, Charlotte currently has towards Lacey to then not have her, like, eliminate her. I was like, what was the point on her, on you guys getting them involved in the in the match before then, if that was not going to lead to the outcome of this? Like, it, again, a questionable decision right there. Yeah, I didn't, didn't understand it at all. Um, Moon is gone by Baszler. Number 29 is Nia Jax. Naomi has been in 47 minutes. She was dumped by Jax and Baszler. They got rid of Tamina before they fought against each other. Jax eliminates Baszler. And it was a good showing from Shania Baszler, who I know we talk about a lot of talent. She's another one that, given an opportunity, I think can really excel, you know? Yeah, yeah. And is another one of those, um, you know, was vince's favorite for a hot second and then he just pulled the plug on it for no reason sort of thing um and i i do i am a strong believer that Shayna is going to probably have a, a decent run soon pretty much i would actually love a, a one-on-one feud with oscar if i'm being truly honest but you know when i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold my hopes up that uh, wwe will give me that but she has a lot of potential to to be one of the tops Shayna bezo I think without that, you can have a battle of submission specialists. You know, like I said, Kira through the clutch versus the, the Oscar lock, I think, is is there already. Uh, Lana lowers the rope and Jax flies out. And number 30 is Natalia. It's been enjoyable so far, but not special. Jax and Baszler destroy the field. Natalia gets thrown in. And your final five for Charlotte Blair, Lana, Natalia and Ripley. But it's not long uh, for Nat. She gets rid of her mate Lana. Blair scoops Natalia out when Ripley was in trouble. Um, Charlotte then hanging on and uh, Belair and Ripley uh, managed to get her out. I bet the cheer in your place was deafening, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it definitely was. But like it was kind of silently deafening because it was just, you know, trying to be respectful of everyone else around us. But, you know, like a very high shrill shriek. That's that's the best (laughs) way to No, I think even the promo at the end um, that she cut was just really heartwarming um, and just, yeah, it was really, it was, it was a really feel good moment that I think the the universe needed. 
Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. We talked about the Charlotte, yeah, the Charlotte elimination first. Uh, I okay, didn't understand. So I didn't in, understand in, why. She, I was happy that they they teamed up and was like, now let's get this bitch out first, innit? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the cheer was the celebration yeah. of Charlotte. Uh, but why was she laughing when she got eliminated? Because, uh, like, so this is this is what I think, right? She, this arrogant bitch was like laughing because she was like it took two of you to get me out and that is exactly what i think she was laughing at oh, fucking hell. well i just thought you would be annoyed if you just lost your opportunity at wrestlemania but maybe because charlotte thinks yeah. i'll be in a marquee match anyway but i do squeeze her way in there she did last time don't forget that yeah well i think this match just becomes special because what an exchange between belair oh. and ripley um, and then finally, after what you're not sure which way it's going to go, looks like Ripley's going to clothesline Belair over. She manages to switch it, and then with a huge clothesline, Ripley's feet hit the floor. Yes, what a match! Number three and wins 56 minutes 49 seconds, a new women's record. What are your thoughts yes. on first off Bianca Belair winning the match? I mean, it it was one of those uh, for me. I I would have been happy either way with Rhea or. Bianca at that point winning it um however the feel good moment that you you kind of just got um when Bianca won it was overwhelming and I think like I said just previously um I think it was sort of like her her even her interview after the humbleness that came with it and just how like excited it exciting it was to see you know the this strong um independent black woman had just made history um becoming like you know the second black person to win a, a royal rumble um it was a really good feel good moment is that well, is there any, that's incredible to to know that uh, the fact there about the rumble wins but yeah, um the rock has won it wow i don't even fucking hell that's 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 crazy when you think and, and i've been you know with McIntyre winning the title you know say oh the first british wwe champion you know, yeah. times really haven't changed that much in some ways. But I suppose that's a completely different uh, discussion. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really shocked to actually read up on that fact. I read it on Twitter and um, someone you sort of congratulating uh, Bianca for this win and for making history in that way. And I was really shocked to to realise, oh, yeah, there, there really hasn't been, you know. Um, well, talk about uh, Rumble wins. I think Ray Ripley in her career will definitely win a Raw Rumble. Like you said, she looked like a, a star in this matchup as well. The exchange between her and Bianca at the end was just really on par and just, you know, really thrill seeking because you, you really could not tell who was going to be the one to finally get the other over the top rope. And I can't believe they tried to interview her after the matchup as well. No, honestly, it was heartwarming um, to to hear, um, you know, her her response. But gosh, give her a break. Give it, let her have a breath. You know, like you could have interviewed her, especially because of it wasn't the last match. Could have interviewed her a little bit later on when she's had, you know, a, a drink of water or something. Well, this is the thing. Like I said, it was pure emotion. She didn't look as bad as Goldberg did after his match with McIntyre. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the EST is here to stay. The Grand Dest stage of them all. Sign point and fireworks. That's what we want. Men have a lot of work to do. Uh, out of five, uh, I'm going to give this a four and three quarter five. This was fantastic. The only thing that might have been lacking a little bit 
was star power. But I, the Billy Kay bit, and uh, like I said, the the final exchanges, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably give it a 4.5 as well. I feel like the reason why it didn't get a full five up is because I really didn't appreciate the sort of male interruption without me sounding too feminist. It's not about that, but the fact that we've this is only our fourth women's Royal Rumble. We had Santina Morella in it last year um, and and then two different like men or or different uh, events where men were interrupting the women's Royal Rumble I think it was completely unnecessary so I think that that brought it down to 4.5 for me well uh, you know and the king's commentary as well and there was one point he said uh oh just pretend all the women are fighting over you and it's the thing of like these are elite level athletes who are the best characters and wrestlers in the entire company and it's something that I started doing on the podcast in 2015. The fact is that, you you know, women's wrestling, it's not just you have to respect it. You know, go back and watch, like I said, Bailey versus Banks at TakeOver. Go watch what they've had to go through even back in the day. And you look at them now. And like I said, it's talk about levels and it's being treated as such. And like I said, hopefully they can continue legacy and build upon it. So in these moments in, in years to come, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Prediction-wise, anyway, Brandon went for Belair. I did pick Bianca Belair, so we both got the point there. It's 3-2 to the WNR. Belair got 52% overall. Uh, All in all, I think people were very happy with that win. Mm. We then go backstage, Miz and Morrison want bad bunny. Booker not having it. And then Crusoe, Deville, Rosenberg and JBL. We get back to a recap. Blair was a great woman. They're talking about the tag match from earlier. You know, the one I've already seen. Truth back. And he's sick of foxes and rabbits. And then Pete Rosenberg with a low blow and a new 24-7 champion. The JBL says it's the worst moment in WWE history. I mean, I got to agree with him on that front because if, <laughs> like, the, the only question I had was why? There, there was no answer to it. There's no answer. If there was audience there and they watched that, I doubt anyone would have been like, woo, cheering for the fact that he won. Yo, Rosenberg. <laughs> anyway, so we go from the joke of the 24-7 championship to the seriousness of the uh, WWE Universal title and, and what a build this has been. And last, stand, last man standing match, kind of fit quite well uh of course um 1999 the last man standing match there between the rock and uh, mankind lives in infamy i feel 2004 Shawn michaels triple h and i'm sure ambrose and i had a last man standing match at rumble a couple of years back i also think um was in uh it was charlotte flair and sasha banks who mm. made history with the first ever one no 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 that was an i woman match ignore me ignore me Okay. Oh no, it was so... <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Dakota no, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez who had a last woman standing match and it was brilliant. It was a, a few weeks ago actually, I think beginning of January. Um, yeah, that was that was when Kai was ch- chucked in a locker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that it was that match. Yeah, that was a brilliant match too. <laughs> Uh, so we start off with the match between Reigns and Owens, and I like them running each other at the start. Reigns hit a Superman punch, but Kato countered a spear and hit a pop-up powerbomb. They ran outside in a trouble chief now with a huge spear. Kato made it up to the count of seven. Reigns uses still steps as a weapon, but still couldn't get Owens down for the count. Reigns hit with a chair several times, but Kato refused to stay down. 
the head of the table, not bad with a chair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, the prize fighter used his own chair a few times, but the title holder kept fighting back. He ended up near the edge of an elevator platform and Reigns threw him off into some tables. I mean, struggled, but still made it up to the count of nine. Reigns looked dumbfounded since KO made his way to the backstage area. The tribal chief ran him over with a gulp. Golf, golf car out of nowhere. I hope Sammy Guevara isn't watching that and getting PTSD or something like that. No, I'm pretty sure that Matt Hardy saw it though and then like tweeted about it or something. But it almost killed Owens because the impact and the the pectoglass, yeah. so to speak, bouncing That's back onto Roman Reigns. Sounded really painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Owens shows a lot of fire. We see it on the announce table. Uh, frog splash from at least 10 feet in the air and then a fault truck and i have a fault truck license and you shouldn't leave a key in it i'm just i'm just telling you um he jumps from at least 20 feet with a sent on bomb uh the big dog barely beat the count they got back to the stage and raised spear domes through the led wall after he recovered ko handcuffed his rival in a way that made it impossible to stand up Reigns was forced to pull the ref into it. the referee was counting and i'm going owens has done this owens has actually won this match yeah. There's no yeah. way eight, nine, and then Reigns rings the ref into the um, bit of stage. And I'm like, you motherfucker. And the tribal chief then locked in the guillotine and choked Owens out to get the win. I think the only thing hurting it, before we get onto our thoughts of it, was Heyman versus the handcuffs. So it went longer than Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. And I think that's why the finish just kind of, Owens had to wait a long time before the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a real shame because I think that like that near miss that that uh you know at the thought of oh my gosh Reigns uh Owens is actually gonna do this before Reigns pulled the ref in um it, it was brilliant it was brilliant storytelling and it is a real big shame that <laughs> Paul Heyman's wrestle wrestling wrestling with the handcuffs actually had. had ended up causing like you know quite the stir because all of us could tell that the ref had just stopped counting because he didn't know what to do and I think at that moment Paul Heyman needed to think fast on his feet and go and knock out the other ref just go knock out the other ref that would have just given you enough time the ref would have known to stay down and then like he would have been able to just quickly jump back up and continue count and start the count again or whatever but it was like it. They they need to be better at thinking on the spot of things that that could go wrong with the situation. You know, if it, it, it did make me th- wonder, did they check? Did they uh, have they tried this before? Have they? Is, is he practiced with it? You know that sort of thing. It mm. just that like, it did ruin sort of the, the whole match for me because if I felt like the aesthetic of it was really hard hitting, and I think both gave it their all until this slip up. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good match. I was waiting for kind of Jey Uso or some sort of interference, but the way they played it, and it was clever with Reigns, but again, like I said, the, the, the finish. But I still gave it a four and a half because they gave everything in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd give it a four and a half as well. I think the only reason why it didn't get a five was because of the handcuffing incident. I would agree there. Poll-wise, Reigns gets uh, 68%. And now on to the men's royal rumble now who was your prediction going into this one um so i said uh again i had a heel and a face uh one and i think i said um heel was bobby lashley but face would have been daniel bryan but who i wanted to win uh to potentially win was cesaro 
Well, this is the thing. I mean, there was a lot of uh, kind of build-up going into it. I, I always check the kind of odds beforehand. And uh, the thing that I noticed was that Seth Rollins was the, the, the betting favourite at that point, uh, which was a, a little bit of a surprise, really, because obviously we, we hadn't heard that he was going to make his comeback. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think for me, Brian, there was a lot of talk about this one. Uh, we talk about prediction, you know, with, with what people actually thought they were going to do. Uh, and you mentioned a bit earlier on in the podcast, in the, this podcast that, um, you know, there was a lot of foreshadowing. So you didn't know whether or not they were just kind of shooting it off as a red herring. It's the thing. But I mean, a lot of people, um, Charlie Fighter put in the men's run, the men's one, I'm backing Lesnar to win. He then cuts the promo on Heyman. Hey, Heyman, Roman may be the head of the table, but I'm the freaking house. You know what they say about the house? It always wins, which again is a fucking great tweet. Uh, Josh put uh, bless all women, all Ray in a women's match. Anyone but that good awful Bianca. Uh, oh God Almighty! And then he said, uh, I don't know. Let's say Big E. Uh, Slam report put Daniel Bryan to win the men's Royal Rumble match. Um, they built the, they killed the element of surprise by saying Orton and Edge at the start. Yeah, um, they did. Um, but again, the same with the female Royal Rumble, dude. Like, you know, n- finding out Natalia was was the last, going to be the last entrance. I'm sorry, but that that is not going to build excitement towards us wanting to see the end. The minute that, like, you know, it got to Ember Moon, we we all as an audience knew Nia Jax hadn't turned up, so we were like, okay, so it's Nia Jax and Natalia. Like, you know, remember the go back to like the first ever female Royal Rumble and that excitement at not knowing who it could be the last entrant and then Trish turning up like it was yeah. such a surreal moment and such a feel good moment. And it's the same with like the beginning of Royal Rumble. Why would you want to give away who was going to come out first? Do you know how exciting it would have been if you had Edge come out as number one? No one knowing that. And then having Randy come out at number two, the excitement would have just jumped. But instead, they they ruined it. And I think they ruined it because they thought that would get people more into watching the Royal Rumble. But instead, it actually just ruins, like, the opening of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Um, And a couple other ones before we start the men's matchup. Uh, Minder Monty said, uh, was picking Edge before I found out his entry number. Now I'm not sure. And Slept Match Pod said, I thought Edge would be in the match, but looks less likely now. So here we go. And it's Edge. And on this day, 11 years ago, Edge won his only Royal Rumble, uh, which I thought was quite an interesting fact. We have Randy Orton at number two, and Edge right went to him, uh, fighting up and down the Carnivals and around. Number three was uh, Sami Zayn. They team on edge for a little bit. Number four, Mustafa Ali. And I thought Orton was brilliant with Ali. Tell him to hit edge. And he was going, go on, hit him. Now hit him again. Hit him harder. Hit yeah, him harder. That too. And I honestly thought to myself, I never thought about it before, but I actually think that, you know, even with Ali being like a heel at the moment, take, having Randy and Ali work together would be really good for someone like Ali, who, who did have an opportunity taken away from him. Um, and I do feel like Randy Orton should be elevating newer talent. And I think that that could be something that potentially could work really well if WWE wants to want <laughs> to um, explore that. Uh, number five was Jeff Hardy. Here to hear help Edge. Uh, Sammy Zayn brought an RKO'd uh, Jeff. But Zayn then got RKO'd and then Ali. But Edge hit a spear. And then Edge took uh, Orton outside and hit him with the execution 
on the announce table. Uh, number six was Ziggler, and this is his 14th Royal Rumble. Kane is the only man with uh, more Rumbles. Ziggler's 14th Royal Rumble. Are you serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> how many Rumbles how many did you say Kane was had been in? Kane like, has been in eight, 18. 18, and Dolph Ziggler is already on 14. And, and this is the thing, and, and I, was, I was thinking about this during the match and I think about someone like John Morrison who's obviously not come out yet but like they both kind of started their WWE career about the same time maybe a little bit sooner for Ziggler and Morrison went away for five years you know maybe a bit longer come back seeing the same position where Ziggler's kind of stayed there and he's kind of not Mr. Consistency but that's you know oh if a wrestler never leaves the company what's it look like it's Dolph Ziggler (laughs) yeah kind of I actually feel sorry for Dolph in that sense. I did not realise that he had been in 14. And so it makes me feel really sad, for, a, a lot more sad for him now, because I think that he's definitely been underutilised a lot. Without a doubt. There's, there's Ziggler, you know, and he came so close, especially with Alberto De Rio with the World Heavyweight title. If it wasn't for him getting labelled with a kind of a concussion or easy injury, so to speak, as they thought he was, then he would be a top-tier talent. There's no doubt his talent um, definitely shows that. Uh, Dolph Ziggler eliminates Jeff Hardy and then edge with chairs to Randy Orton. And uh, Orton's pulling the flare. He will be back later, but he's injured for now as he gets taken away. And number seven, uh, number seven, Shinzuki Nakamura. Of course, he won the 2018 Royal Rumble. He hasn't got a fucking chance tonight. And the number eight, Carlito. Oh, my God. It was so exciting to hear it. it it's so bad, but to hear the spit. I was so excited the minute I heard it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks great. And, of course, I spit in the face of people that don't want to be cool. Uh, he hands the oh, backstabbers. So <laughs> yeah. Well, Nakamura takes the apple off him, stares at him, and then there's backstabbers all around uh, for Carlito. Number nine is uh, Wood straight after Ali. Of course, they've got that feud going on on Raw. Number 10, Big E and um, New Day send Sammy packing. And then number 11, John Morrison. Of course, Ali takes Woods off the apron. Big E tosses Ali out. And number 12... Oh, that was a really good moment for Ali there, the way that he took out Xavier Woods. It was a really good exchange between them. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from Ali. Well, and the funny thing as well is when Ali did get the elimination of Big E's, like, have that, you son of a bitch. You saw a bit of fire in Big E yeah. because obviously it was his friend as well. Exactly. It was yeah. a nice little bit of avenging there. That, uh, number 12, we had Ricochet, and uh, we've talked about thinking he's lost his spot versus AJ. Oh, well. And then this yeah. is one thing I'd noticed during the card, and I thought there's an awful lot of mid-carders in this matchup. Yeah. But I also thought to myself, where are all the young ones? <laughs> you know, like just you know, we've got we've got some young talent, but where are they? <laughs> uh, it's it's it, it was one of these things. I'm thinking there's a there's not a lot of so-called superstar. You know, what I mean, not superstars as yeah. such, but it's yeah, like but I was going star power, that star power power quality. You know. Well, I'm saying there's a lot of mid cards in number 13. I'm lucky for Elias, and I'm going. Well, there we go. You know, like that's that's what the rumble's like. Yeah, uh, he sends Carlito out. That is not cool, man. All right. That that annoyed me a lot. That like he just he just made his return. 
why of all people have Elias get rid of him? I was I was deeply deeply disappointed in Carlito's run. I thought he could have been in there longer. I think we're out now. Number fourteen, Damien Priest. Uh, that's Monty's favourite wrestlers here, and he is good. And he didn't like the fact uh, Elias eliminated Carlito, so he sends him on his way. Uh, fifteen, halfway home, we get the Miz who destroys Bunny's DJ set. And here comes Mr. Bunny. Uh, Priest dumped him, uh, the Miz and Morrison out. And then the Bunny jumped off the top onto them. What did you make of this? I mean, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a real cool little bit that Bunny did. He got a chance to sort of like, like I said, I know that he's a fan of wrestling um, and always has been. So mm-hmm. it was his chance at being able to, um, you know, just get himself a little bit involved. But again, the, it, it goes back to what I was saying, where sort of um, like I feel like the Miz and Morrison could do with like separating soon, so that maybe they're not, not always taken as the as the joke that that mm. can just get beat up by even non-talent now, you know. Well, this is the thing. Morrison went away, came back, and he's being treated like I said exactly the same as he was before. Um, but ready to see like Morrison do like a singles run and actually have like a serious singles run, like not consistently be doing this cheat sheet, dirt sheet um, stuff with Miz. Yeah, uh, but there's a couple of things. It's like um, his exchange with Ricochet and these two guys have faced each other on Lucha Underground, so it's a potential there for a great match. Speaking of Ricochet, uh, the with AJ Styles as well was a really cool spot. I don't know if we got into that bit or not. And then something silly than what we just seen with the bunny jumping. Uh, Matt Riddle comes out at 16. Number 17, Daniel Bryan. And at number 18, Kane in his 18th Royal Rumble. And he eliminates Dolph Ziggler and Ricochet. And I'm annoyed I didn't get a count of how many eliminations. But Kane is now far ahead. Most eliminations in the Royal Rumble match history. Uh what were your thoughts as come out? Did you just think, oh, here we go? <laughs> uh, it's like you read my mind a little bit, but kind of, yeah. And it's not even anything bad against Kane. But honestly, where are where are our current roster? Mm-hmm. Because we had quite a few re- legends, like more legends in the men's uh, Royal Rumble than we did in the women's Royal Rumble. And we we just got, you know, where was Apollo Crews? Why was he not in there? Uh, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. Um, you know, you had Otis in there, but not Tucker. Like, there are so many of our current roster that was not on or in the Royal Rumble that it kind of overshadowed Kane being in it because of I genuinely did ask myself, well, well, why is he in this? Well, this is the thing, and it's like even with Retribution, you could have had the Retribution coming out to help Ali a little bit and get them yeah. taken out. And there was kind of none of that, you know. There was no reunion, though. No, but like I mean, again, that that the hell no reunion was great, but it is it, something that's that could have been done even on a previous show. Like you know that uh, that he had turned up for the Undertaker's um, uh, speech thing. Um, he turned up on Legends Night as well, the only one in his wrestling gear. Um, you know, and that was short-lived <laughs> for no reason at all either. Any of those moments could have been a feel-good moment between him and Daniel Bryan, but it wasn't necessarily needed in the Royal Rumble. They could have put someone else in there that actually deserved the opportunity. And that's not saying anything bad against Kane or the other legends that were in in the Royal Rumble. But, you know, for example, like, no one 
realistically would believe that Kane was going to win it because you know he's 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 a govern governor isn't he or in political power so it's like you know put someone else in that could like you know give give off the illusion that they could win it um, well, I think the, I think the problem is though is not just the Kane I think you hit the nail on the head was if you look at the people in the Royal Rumble who are you gonna think Ricochet is gonna win you know are you looking at uh the Elias or you're looking at Matt Riddle it's only like yeah. a select hand. It's 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 the hand WWE have played themselves with, either not building stars and and all this kind of stuff. And it's coming home to roost now, where the legends are getting to a certain age where they can't carry on anymore. And you've not built that bridge, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you're exactly right. Like they're not doing WWE are not doing enough uh, to build up their stars so that when it does get to pay per views like this, it feels more like anyone can win it, you know. Like, and right, this is the problem. Okay, so we've got the, the main select few that are sort of superstar worthy that come into the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and we think, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, they've got potential to win it. They're not doing enough to elevate their their current roster to actually make us believe that someone else could. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Damien Priest dumps out Kane, which again, Damien Priest just I looks like, like a star. Moment. I liked that moment because I genuinely thought to myself, do you know what, Damien... Yeah. I, I must admit, I didn't like, I've not warmed Damien Priest on NXT. But then I started to think to myself when I saw him in the ring uh, alongside, you know, even the likes of Kane and how he could stand face to face looking at him in the eye. That's how tall he is. Um, and I thought to myself, he looks better amongst this roster. And I think that he's got a lot of potential, especially having him like get Kane out, who is, uh, you know, the one who's eliminated the most. He could be like a potential runner for that. Um, so it'd be nice. It's, it's, it was nice to see a little bit of elevation come from the Royal Rumble for someone like Damian Priest. It was the only time they did, attempted it, you know. Like I said, we've seen it, and then uh, number nineteen Baron Corbin comes out. Edge has been in half out at this point. Corbin eliminates Nakamura. We talked about yeah, Corbin or Nakamura. I mean, so much for that push for Naka. Um, it's just you know. I mean, I I don't know what to suggest for it. Um, Nakamura at this point and what's really funny is that you said you pointing out to me that they both kind of came up in a similar time to have Baron then you know um eliminate him like maybe let's see a feud happen between them and and we'll see how that goes yeah exactly and uh, number 20 though was Otis uh if he wins will Miz beat him for the opportunity to be the Royal Rumble winner just wondering uh Otis does a couple of spots they Corbin just gets rid of him. 21, Dominic. Can a father and son win the Royal Rumble? Never been done before until either Shane wins or Dominic does. He can eliminate Corbin. So I suppose the bullshit we've seen on SmackDown with Mr. Zick and I idiots paid off a little bit there. Yeah. I think the one thing I was disappointed about was, you know, it was it was uh, Dominic's uh, entrance coming out that made me realise how many of of this roster are young? Because I feel like it was the first time seeing one of the young younger members um mm. join the the rumble, and I thought to myself, he they could have done a lot more with Dominic and showcasing the up and coming new talent that they have, even if he didn't eliminate a lot of people, but actually give him like a a really decent spot against a, a few of the legends that were in the ring. And yeah, they missed the they missed the ball again with him because he was it was short lived with him as well. 
Well, number 22, Bobby Lashley, he throws Dominic over the top and actually replay it, and it's quite a nice height Dominic got. Uh, Powers priest out, which is a little bit disappointed. And now Big E, it's a movable force versus the uh, unstoppable object, so to speak. And then 23, stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. I didn't mind. Haven't we seen this before? Yeah, again, it was just a, a, a legend that even though it was nice to see, did he was he really necessary to be in was it really necessary for him to be in the Royal Rumble? I mean, again, I, I'm pointing this out because there's so many there were so many missing superstars from our roster that this is the reason why they're not being built up to be main characters because they're not even considered for the Royal Rumble. It's just it's fucking weird, isn't it? And then he d- tried to double choke Sam Biggie and Lashley. Again, don't mind the, the premise when he's trying, to do, oh, he's trying to do the big men. He can't. Uh, but instead, he just flew out of the ring. And then yeah. 24. Less than a minute, right? Less than a minute he was in it. You know, what's the point? But yeah. like I say, we're not being harsh. We just we, we put time in the product and this is what we're getting back. But number 24, Christian. Come on. <laughs> Brilliant move right there. Oh, this I mean, is, this, that... is how, this is how it does work when you bring a, a legend back and it works, you know, because even then having the reunion between he and uh, Edge in the ring makes it really feel good, you know. But that's when that's when it works. When you bring back legends such as Kane, this is where it doesn't work in this current era where he's um, off with a whole new other job. So realistically, we know he's never going to win it. You know, uh, Christian, you could easily be like, who knows? He might turn on his friend and chuck Edge out and win it himself. You know, like, it, you want to your surprise. This is the thing. Like, you, you can have that with Christian. But uh, he's one of these guys. And I'm not going to spend too long talking about it. But, like, what a talent. Like, what a career. And people go, oh, is he Hall of Fame worthy? It's like, look at his matches. Even as, like, ECW champion, he was getting good matches. That, like, in Ezekiel Jackson. He had his run in TNAs. We, we know he's did. Uh, and, and the world title that he won... And Randy Orton, I mean, I've never been more pissed off in my life than Christian winning the Extreme Rules or beating them in the next SmackDown. I'm still not over it now, yeah. but Christian coming yeah, out. That was super bittersweet. Again, oh. that was like, you know, sort of like a height of WrestleMania moment. Like, why would you do that? Why? Uh, and, and again, at the time, I felt like it wasn't even necessary for or needed for Randy to win it back like that. It, it just didn't make it. But uh, again, Christian came back, looked good. I mean, I popped big. And what I really liked the most uh, about Christian coming out is, you know, like the scene in the movie when a guy's getting either tortured or beaten up by the bad guys and mm. his mate kind of makes the save. And it's mm. Edge with that little smile of he's had the crap beaten out of him for 40 minutes. He looks up and he goes, oh, it's one of my friends. He's actually here to help. And I just loved the little moment. And it's just like, Yes, Christian is here to help it you, buddy. Like your savior. Yeah, it is that feel good moment, and I I clocked like his his little smile as well, and I could just kind of feel the excitement build up, like you oh. said, like as if it's like one of those movie fights that thing thing shit's about to get turned up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. like Christian is here. It is seven years since Christian last had a match in WWE. It's criminal. Um, took That's four minutes. <laughs> Seeing both Edge and Christian in the ring together, so amazing. Yeah. I mean, it took four men to get out of Lashley. I mean, what the thing is, is that, you know, when I'm growing up and all that lot, 
Uh, and, and all my mates, Hardys and Dudleys. Edge and Christian were always my favourite team because I always loved the kind of heel work. And when they split, I always wanted them to have both success. And there was a point, Edge, you know, 2005, where he hadn't become champion yet and they were saying that he might not make it. So it's incredible to think. And it's like Christian didn't miss a step. The hug between the two was brilliant. The double team of Matt Riddle. It was just everything that I love about professional wrestling. Especially because at that point I was like, Matt, you were literally ruining like the biggest feel good moment ever. And I feel like they just were were beating him up on behalf of all of us to be like, get away. Let us enjoy this. Fantastic. 25 AJ Styles. We've got 42 minutes for Edge. Number uh, number 26, sorry, Rey Mysterio. Uh, One of my bonus predictions was Omus saving AJ. And it kind of got to a bit of a joke after a little. See, Omus dragging Big E out. Then over the announce table, oh, fucking hell, don't go there. We don't want Omos versus Big E for the Intercontinental title. I think my favourite part was when he just picked up Rey Mysterio like he was a child and put him on a timeout or something. (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious the way he grabbed him. I think I I like Omos, but I also don't want it to become a cliché thing. Do Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah, don't want it repetitive. I think this is the thing, isn't it? You know, and it's like uh, with this kind of thing, you know, with Omos, and it's like it's potential there, but don't, you know, not too much, not little, little baby steps. In our faces, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he already does enough in terms of getting in, getting involved in AJ's matches, and it, it works really well, you know. And I mean, I did, I did like, I didn't, I really didn't mind the way that Big E was sort of eliminated. But mainly because of I was like, oh, this could cause a lot of beef between AJ Styles and Biggie at some point, which I'd love to see as a match, not because I want to see Omos versus Biggie. Well, so. I always go to negatives. I'm glad you're here to keep me positive because an AJ Biggie match would be quite interesting. So, um, and like I said, Omos got rid of Ray um, and 28 Cesaro bar reunion for into the swing of Seamus and then Daniel Bryan I think Daniel Bryan got spun round for the two minutes to the next entrant number 29 Seth Rollins were you excited to see him because I was like I don't know if it's a a personal problem with Seth but I was like yeah all right (laughs) what it is I think for me it was already ruined so I knew he was going to be part of the royal rumble and the only reason why it was ruined was because of becky herself so like (laughs) becky lynch put up a picture on her instagram story and it was of just some curtains and then next thing you know you're watching roman reigns versus kevin owens and you just see them walk straight past those curtains Uh, so straight away everyone just put two and two together and was like right so becky lynch is at royal rumble (laughs) that must mean seth is there so (laughs) i knew after the roman reigns match that seth was there um, oh. so so my shock already came before like hold on that was a Becky story you know but it, it wasn't I wasn't as excited to see him come back because I was also kind of like what are they gonna do with you you know like it went with you coming back now like you seem like you're coming out to the messiah music so we're mm. carrying on with that spiel uh, and it didn't really excite me so I was really hoping to just kind of see him get eliminated as soon as. Well, I think the thing for me with Seth, and I might get a lot of shit from Seth Rollins fans, but if he wrestled as well as he thinks he does, he would be a Shawn Michaels, a Kurt Angle type performer. And that's not saying that Rollins 
he's not a great worker, but he is not as good as he thinks he is. And I don't know where I'm getting that from, uh, but I just I feel that at this moment in time. You know, I might look back on 10, 15 years. We did get um we did get something new there when when Seth returned, and that was we finally got Seth and Matt Riddle in a in a ring together, um which was quite interesting because I think Seth's highlight of the night uh, for himself mm-hmm. within the Royal Rumble was his little one on one bit with Matt Riddle. It was actually a good exchange between the two, but I know yeah. that Seth can't stand Matt, so it was quite funny to then see that Seth uh was the one to eliminate him. So I just took I just had a little chuckle. Um, I took a, a little chuckle away from Seth's performance in the Royal Rumble. Um, whereas before, you know, whenever I used to hear the Burn It Down music, I'd get really excited. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of this Messiah character. He's a good a-hole, but yeah, like, this, just not a fan yeah. of Messiah. Well, number 30 was Braun Strowman, and he throws Cesaro and Sheamus out, and then AJ, so Imos couldn't catch him. And Rollins waited until the right moment to eliminate Brian which uh, disappointed me because I thought, oh, yeah. please don't now. And then Rollins eliminated Riddle to bring us down to the final four. Like I said, a nice exchange between Rollins and Riddle. And then Strowman tried to throw out Edge, but the rated R superstar took him out with help from Christian. Rollins dumped out Christian. Boo. And Edge threw out Rollins, which was a surprise. And then fucking Orton showed up and returned out of nowhere to take Edge out with RKO. At this point, I was like, you fucking don't. No, 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 no. And as Orton yeah. went to throw Edge out, Edge managing to turn it round and eliminate him to win the Royal Rumble. What yeah. are your thoughts on Edge's victory? Um, the right man won, in my opinion. Um, you know, speaking to someone who has been an Edge fan since his ret- even since his retirement, um, you you can go back to the original storytelling with with Edge winning this Royal Rumble and actually have it like he never lost the title. He had to give it up because of his neck and the injuries he sustained. It's such a feel good story and just something that yeah, as a as a, a fanatic of wrestling that I do want to see Edge at WrestleMania. So I I was really pleased with the outcome, even though I really kind of wanted Cesaro to win, but kind of thought Daniel Bryan was going to win. I'm very happy that it was Edge. Who uh, we'll, we'll get to the Rumble match and what our thoughts on it, but who would you want Edge to go now? If you were making a choice, because we know how good you are with creative, what, who would you have him challenge? Do you know what? I think both um, both matches could be really, really great for Edge. Um, but I think that uh, Drew McIntyre versus Edge would be great. Um, purely from Drew's point, I think it would be a great match if, if Drew can could manage to knock off Edge and then add like another legend to his uh, sort of CV. Um, however, I think that there could be some real good content that could come from Roman versus Edge, Spear versus Spear, like seeing how that goes. Like I think that we'd get like the real the animal Edge um, out of Roman, whereas I feel like with Drew McIntyre it might be a little bit more of a subtle match. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if if I'm doing it now, I think with Reigns, Reigns and Edge is interesting, but I think the story of McIntyre and, and Edge, because you can have, you know, the previous Rumble of McIntyre saying, well, I won it when I was in the Rumble. So if I was in this year's Rumble, like, you wouldn't have had a chance either. And then have, and a lot of people, you know, oh, one of them has to go hill. Why does it have to be McIntyre? I mean, Edge is a hill. is fantastic. And I know he's come back and I know he's going to have that moment of WrestleMania with a title. But what about if it is due to like kind of underhanded tactics? And what about if it leads to a SummerSlam match where 
McIntyre beats Edge and gets the championship back, and you know Edge can get another move on to another feud like that, you know. You know, I wouldn't even mind like the heel Edge coming back either because he was quite fun as well. So I mean, either way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. But if I had to choose one, I would want then it would be Drew McIntyre versus um, Edge. I think that would be the better match out of the two. Well, anyway, the uh, Royal Rumble match, 58 minutes for Edge. This had uh, a great ending to it. But overall, I think the Rumble, I mean, what were your thoughts on the Men's Royal Rumble match? I think we've had better Men's Royal Rumble matches. However, I've I've got to hand it to WWE, like having like Edge come out at number one and then being the ultimate winner. I think that was, it was a really good sort of storytelling moment for him. I, I, I've got to admit that there was a real disappointment, like I said, where I just felt like there was more legends than there was current roster within the WWE. And we didn't, we, within the Royal Rumble, and we didn't get much from NXT this time. Like last year, we had like Johnny Gargano, Keith Lee, like so many different NXT superstars in it. Um, I just think that they need to actually stop trying to pile up too many legends to to be part of of the the royal rumble like they don't need to actually add that to their bodies and they're they're older they're old enough now um i think they just need to kind of stop with that and actually continue to build upon their brand and build up the newer stars yeah i think without a doubt you know like you said when you when you look about Royal rumble i think that was missing The, the ending was great but, and again, not many, you know, kind of, I say, uh, bankable winners, so to speak. And I remember Royal Rumble matches where you've had, you know, not 10, but at least eight. You go, well, you know, they're all former champions, all got a chance. And I think WWE kind of needs to build it from that. I'm still going to give it a four and a half out of five, though, because I still found it really enjoyable. Agreed. I, I'd probably give it four and a half to. Uh, so- Final scores, uh, prediction-wise, uh, both went for Brian, so we both ended up losing 4-3 uh, overall. Um, of course, like I said, Slept Match Pod and Monty picked Edge, so they'll be happy about that. But uh, final thoughts, they should have the Rumble on two nights. I mean, it's enjoyable, but it is too much. What are your thoughts on the Rumble? One, one either Saturday and a Sunday or weekend, following weekend, you can have the men's rumble match with like the women's championship on the line and vice versa, you know, or have a women's I, only event or men's. I agree so uh, wholeheartedly on that. First of all, I think that the Royal Rumble match itself should always be the last thing on the pay per view, but I also agree that with it being um, so iconic as a pay-per-view and now that you've got the separate females it should be done over two nights so that we can get like these royal rumbles they could go on for a a good hour and a half almost two hours back in the day and that showcased the wrestlers so much better and gave newer wrestlers an opportunity to showcase themselves as well and i think that you're right that if we actually put this on two shows we could have done had a lot more of a longer spot with uh, um, uh, some of the wrestlers that were eliminated early on. Well, the thing is, is that Owens and Reigns, I think, was, you know, maybe 25, uh, 25 minutes. That's half what the Rumble matches were, you know, 58, 57 minutes. They the aren't the, the longest Rumble matches in history. I think it's definitely saying that you can have a look at. There's not enough star power in the men's. Uh, match of the night, I'm going to say it's a women's Royal Rumble. What are you thinking? 
I was going to say that would be my match of the night as well. I think that was the one that I thoroughly enjoyed the most with that, with less complaints in. <laughs> um, MVP of the night for me is um, Billy Kay. I mean, I know funny doesn't equal money compared to what some people say in wrestling, but Billy Kay had me in mm-hmm. stitches until she got eliminated before Ray Ripley came out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually have, I didn't think of an MVP myself, but if I had to just think off the top of my head now, I probably would go with Billy Kay as well because she, she kind of was that sort of comedy factor that worked really well. I bet about that. And overall rating, what was your overall score out of 10? Um, I'd probably give it a 7. Oh. That's me being, I think I'm being nice there. Wait, well, I'm going to... Why are you giving it a seven for? Well, because a, a mixture of things, and I think they're, that we've d- discussed them all uh, together already, but predominantly just sort of like having the Raw Women's tit- uh, Champion sort of on the pre-show and not really ever mentioning her or her title or anything about, you know, the influence that this Royal Rumble match is going to have on her. The, the influence of men on in the Women's Royal Rumble, that was just unnecessary the irritating father that just wouldn't like leave well enough alone and just let you know his daughter like be part of the royal rumble like just loads of issues that just and and then you know finally even the men's royal rumble i just feel like there wasn't enough younger talent that we do actually have on the main roster in the actual royal rumble so i think that ultimately brought it down to a seven for me i'm gonna give it a nine and a quarter out of ten right (laughs) really nice you're being super nice. I'm not. I'm being. I'm. I'm right. If if you could be like kind of um, with WWE, right? All I want is to sit for a pay per view and enjoy and to have stuff make sense. And yeah. so I've sat down and I've watched um, the kickoff, which kickoffs kickoff. Fair enough. You've had Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre, which I think really delivered. You had uh, Banks and Carmella, which I think was really enjoyable. The Women's Rumble match was great. Probably, arguably, the greatest Women's Royal Rumble match of all. No, um, I think the first one, I think the first one was definitely the best one. Well, it's arguably. Booking was, <laughs> that, that could be a debate for another day, but I think the booking on the first one was, was probably the best. I was going to say, you got that. Uh, you've got the Reigns-Irons match, which I think really delivered, and the Men's Rumble match, and the feel-good victory. How many times do we get, as WWE fans, a feel-good victory, a, a pay-per-view that ends, and we think, do you know what? That's good. Two world champions who are great as a face in a hill. You've got a Royal Rumble winner in the women's division where you're going, she's a future star. Changing my mind now. I'll give it an eight, not a seven. Only because I'm actually realizing, as you're saying this, uh, uh, how disappointed I was with almost every, almost all of the outcomes, apart from the Drew McIntyre winner last year. That's what I say, you know. And Edge wins, and it's a perfect fairy tale story. It leads to WrestleMania, and he's got two great champions to challenge now. You know, with all the negativity with WWE and everything they don't do right or do wrong, sorry, yeah. I think they've done it so right here. Um, okay. well, so to eight now <laughs> so that is it we had uh raw the next night was there anything on raw that really annoyed you <laughs> oh gosh um well i mean oscar just took the pin in a match where her partner just did not care at all because she's still just like you know choosing to have issues with her father and actually just like I think it just bothered me because I I was a huge Naomi and Oscar fan when they they were teaming together so 
yeah, I just felt like Oscar really just took the pin for no reason when you had both Mandy and Dana Rosa, uh, Dana Brooke. You could have had any of them take the pull, but take the pin, but instead you pinned the Raw Women's Champion. Okay, all right. So yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think elsewhere on Raw you had McIntyre. Um, Edge came out with McIntyre. McIntyre saying you're really, you know, you're a legend, and I love you, and you did really well. And Edge saying I'm not your friend, I'm a threat. Uh, which I thought was really yeah, cool. Edge, fantastic on promo. Yeah, it was. Again, though, can Edge do any wrong on a promo? His promos Absolutely. are brilliant every time. Honestly, he doesn't shout, but you're on his every word. And then shout, and then Seamus bro kicked McIntyre, and I thought, so they're just gonna do it like that then. Okay, fair enough. Uh, rather than actually building something that matters, they're just gonna have McIntyre and Seamus as a throwaway match. And then Edge versus Randy Orton. And the main event, and just as Orton prepared to hit the RKO, Bliss showed up sitting on the top turnbuckle with blood coming out of her mouth. Edge used this to hit him with a spear for the win. That was a good ending to a horrible show. Uh, the major highlights were Edge's promos, Woods versus Ali, and seeing Carlito looking as good as he have, uh, has been in the ring. Yeah, definitely. I, I must admit, I did not expect to see Carlito back like wrestling for good. So it was a really nice surprise to see him in a, in a match. I think he could have gotten the pin. It would have been nice if he got the pin. But overall, it was a good match. But yeah, it was a poor show. Uh, but that is it. We have delivered a Raw Rumble size podcast here today. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, our follow of the week is Raya Fan Forever. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Do you want to plug your stuff? Yeah, um, and I'm Rowena, who is at Jaxie Scarlet, um, and same on Instagram as well. And I work for uh, O-Face Wrestling Podcast, so check them out. Definitely check them out there, the WNR, or on Facebook and Instagram, across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com and YouTube, the WNR Podcast, for all the latest clips and podcasts. got the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be AEW Beach Break. Um, our next episode together, I think there's an Elimination Chamber maybe coming in two or three weeks. Are you up for that? Oh, awesome. Yes, I definitely would be interested in that. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on today to deal with the Raw Rumble. will not want to do it with anybody else. Um, Thank you. <laughs> no, but I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. I mean, it's always it's always a great way to just sort of um, vent out your, your um, frustration towards it. So it's always great. And I'm looking forward to doing that for Elimination Chamber. Well, perfect. Well, that was at Jaxie Scarlet. Until then, I have been James Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.